talking is confusing, and if if it confuses me, then I know it's confusing our audience. Daniel Bryan's ambitious now. He's driven. No. You're our underdog. You're our little guy. You're a lotto winner. You're the guy who waits on the opportunity, and sometimes it works out. You're not ambitious. Men like me, and there's not many. We're ambitious. You see, since I was a little boy, I've been driven. If I want it, I take it. And then you're also out here talking about how you love this business. I, I love wrestling. You don't love this. You need it. You have nothing else. You need this. That's not love. Love is not based off of needs. Love is based off of service. What you will do for others. That's love. Take me, for example. I love this business. I don't need it. I do it because everybody needs me. SmackDown needs me. The roster needs me. The crew need me. That cameraman right there, he needs me. Paul needs me. Jay needs me. You need me. And after Jay whoops your ass tonight, you're going to understand the facts. You're going to understand it. You're going to know in your heart that you need me. And once you know that, You're going to acknowledge me. If. What's going on? It is Sunday, March 7th. It's, you know, the revo- it's a revolution, uh, you know, pay-per-views tonight. Uh, I'm still fucking wondering who the fuck is going to be the surprise signing. Like, I'm, I'm ready to get excited. I'm ready to get disappointed. I don't know who the fuck is going to show up. There's all these kind of names. And it's like, if, if it ends up being a disappointment, then it's like, yo, dude, Tony Khan, you, like, you, I, I hope, like... Cause again, and listen, I could be wrong. Maybe this is like one of the greatest fucking things that ever happened in the professional wrestling, you know, the the sport of it and everything like that. Like, you know what I mean? Like, maybe something really, really exciting will happen. But if it's like a letdown from what you were, what what you basically made people anticipate, there's no one to blame but yourself. You know, I'm I'm thinking outside the box. I'm even thinking Kevin Owens. I know Kevin Owens signed a five year deal in 2018. Uh, you know what I mean, but like sometimes, like these, like, sometimes, like the, if it's to ju- be justified to explain it, they'll come up with a way where like Meltzer or someone else will make it fucking you know seem kind of doable. But the reason why I mentioned Kevin Owens is because when he sent out that vague tweet, uh, and again, like you know, maybe he was being a nice guy. It, I, I, I just kept saying it. It reeked of. Of him like giving props and being genuine to 
the staff the staff members that work hard in in, in this company but it also felt like like this is a goodbye to like every one of those guys and you haven't really seen him you he's out on smackdown i don't know what they have planned for him you know you see like after the chamber he wasn't really seen so part of me wonders if like maybe he got out of his contract and maybe you know what i mean again like you know again he you know People keep harping on, you know, is one of Tony Khan's favorite wrestlers ever. So we're thinking about, like, a Austin. You know, again, maybe, again, that would be a big fucking deal if Austin signed. Where You know what I mean? But like, in the sense that maybe we can get one pay, good match out of him. And then maybe we can get CM Punk versus Austin at some point. You know, if it's Kurt Angle, I, I, said, I, I don't mind if it's Christian or VD, Ryback, or fucking, you know, uh, Kurt Angle. Christian, you know, all all those guys, you know what I mean? I, I wouldn't mind if it was them, but if it is one of these guys, then maybe you shouldn't have hyped it up. Because, again, if you just if you just watched it, they're like, ah, he showed up, you're like, okay, that's kind of cool there, you know. But, I mean, don't worry. Even if it doesn't deliver, AEW fans are going to, of course. I guess Tony Khan has to get us to hate him too now, you know what I mean, where he's not going to deliver on his fucking promises or... Whatever. Yeah, listen, and and maybe he, maybe he's working all of us, you know. But who the fuck knows, really? Um, let me uh, let me talk about SmackDown. I'll try to get through the fucking you know the segments quickly. You know, luckily SmackDown isn't like a, a hard show to get through compared to what Raw is. You know what I mean? Um, let me, uh, you know what I mean? But uh, yeah, Daniel Bryan started the fucking program. First he's with Cole. And then, you know, basically talking about... Um, hold on. Uh, I'm trying to find the notes. Yeah, so Cole, he, he's asked by Cole about why did he reject, uh, like, this mystery tag fucking match that was supposed to happen at Fastlane that no one knew about. And he said, frankly, he didn't even know about it. So I guess I guess he, he's the audience, I guess. So he, he declares that, like, you know, he didn't know about it, and he guess he assumed that the, that the office would think that he is... They he they thought that he would probably do it because you know he's always down to right he's always down to wrestle so they figured he would do that. He said that like you know getting speared by Reigns and then they he they go to a promo package and I think that's where Cole gets dismissed. So you know what I mean Cole wasn't there, and then uh, so he he shows that like that's the motivation. It it it, it feels like listen I feel like a lot of this is all planned out. But it feels like because, like, it's like he was doing a promo basically to justify, like, why he's kind of lost and why all of a sudden he is motivated for the title. And it felt like he was doing this kind of uh, freestyle. So he was stammering some of his points. And some people online were like, this might be one of Daniel Bryan's, like, you know, like, not like not so great promos. But I thought it was a great promo that had a lot of... And, that had a lot of fucking passion and intensity with it. Um, 
you know, he said he could go. He doesn't want to go back. He doesn't want to be the old Daniel Bryan, right? But it's like the old Daniel Bryan was considered the new Daniel Bryan. So now, what are you, the new new Daniel Bryan? I I don't know, but he he doesn't want to put he doesn't want to put himself on the back burner, and he wants to fucking wrestle. You know, he talks about how he's wrestled more times in three in three in three weeks, and Edge and Roman have wrestled in three months. Uh, he talks about the ambition test, like that was one of those things that like the WWE made made wrestlers take an ambition test, and Daniel Bryan scored so like scored a little on it, so like you know what I mean. And again, it's like one of these tests that like you know has like a certain set of narratives in it already. So like so to, to that test, it, Daniel Bryan wasn't you know. Um, wasn't ambitious, you know what I mean? Because he's not really after the same things that most rich, elite, uh, ambitious people are into, right? And uh, you know, he talks about how like he, 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 he doesn't feel that this need, like he doesn't feel that uh, wrestling's a job because he loves what he does, and you know, he just he wants to be in the main event of WrestleMania. So it's kind of like explaining why the fuck he had to. Uh, do this, what else do you talk about, um, yeah, so, yeah, he basically kind of, you know, he was stammering over it, he, he was, he was basically doing an impression of me, essentially, just, he sounded, I mean, he sounded, he's a, he's a, he's a lot more cooler, I think we both, I think me and him both have the f- same fashion sense, I mean, his might be a little bit better, but, you know, I'm, I'm sure he doesn't go, in, he, he, he doesn't go out to the fucking, he doesn't go out in public in his fucking jogging pants, because, you know, fucking pants can't fit him because he's so fucking fat, right? No, I'm joking. Then, uh, and then what you heard from the top of the fucking podcast, Roman Reigns comes out. He says that, he, uh, that you know, he basically, you know, I like the line about, like, you're an underdog. You're a lotto winner. You're the guy that gets it done once in a while, but you're not the guy. You know, you know what I mean? And then I like his twist of logic by saying that he's ambitious because... He, he he doesn't need to do wrestling. Like, you know what I mean? Because you, you could argue with Roman's point a little bit. That, like, he can do... Like, uh, like you can look at Daniel Bryan's motivation and think that... Even though he he's, like, being genuine and he's doing it for, like, the... Like, you know, for the good of the sport. And, you know, he wants to fucking, you know, uh, wrestle like everybody. You could, you could argue that he could be selfish. And that in... And then Roman Reigns... He, he could be telling the truth in some sense that, like, depending on what your outlook in life is, right, where he's telling you that, uh, that, like, he doesn't need this shit, he, he, he has to do it because he loves it, and it, it services everyone else, even though, like, at, at his core, he, he, like, Roman Reigns is really fucking, you know, delusional, where, you know, what they're called, like, like, like in, like in kayfabe, it would be better off if Roman Reigns wasn't there, you know what I mean, in some type of way, but, like, like, like in the way that, like, you know, putting, like, like, you know, politicking and showing your dominance in other areas to, like, you know, to, to, uh, like, you know, be in the position that you are, essentially, so I, I like the opening promo, and then, uh, what else did what else did Reigns say? The other stuff that he said, right? Um, yeah, he said the underdog. I like the line that love is based off service. 
I, I like that. I like that line a lot. And then Jay Uso got on the mic and then told him, like you know, he he does his like you know his, like he's he his like unhinged promo where he's, like you know, in the middle of Stockholm syndrome, but he needs to fucking tell someone off because he can't tell fucking Roman Reigns off. He basically tells Daniel Bryan that his like you know his. Uh, his his uh, road to WrestleMania ends tonight because he's gonna face him in a cage match, and and you know what I mean like he's not gonna beat him to go get to Roman Reigns essentially, and then he kind of backs off like walking or pacing around the ring, like like the like like the previous week, so then this time instead of getting to blindside Daniel Bryan the same way that he was walking around, Daniel Bryan saw it coming and he flips him over. You know what I mean? Kind of like he he kind of like arm drags him and kind of flips him over or over his shoulder, and then he throws him out. And Roman Reigns not even flinching about like his his cousin getting his fucking ass kicked around him, and he just kind of calmly walks away. Uh, and then you know the, 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 later on they're in backstage and basically Roman Reigns is telling him he needs to get it done, otherwise he's an embarrassment to the, himself and the family and all that. And then when he was about to be interviewed and he was lo looking the other way. Daniel, I like that the, the the baby face knows that like this guy is playing, he's, he's he's being sneaky, so I'm always in favor when the fucking baby face always kind of outsmarts the bad guy, you know what I mean? Where what the call actually makes it look like the, the the good guy is actually like you know like legitimately like smart, so like he basically attacks, uh, um, he he attacks uh, Jey Uso backstage before the match kind of begins a little bit. And then, you know, and then I thought, I thought this was weird, what they called, Corey Graves was doing, like, this long intro for what what, what the what the rules of a cage match are. And again, listen, maybe there's new people that are watching and they kind of want to know the rules of it and all that type of stuff. I just think it's kind of weird because, again, like, the cage match, like, it's not, like, the most protected match on the fucking planet anymore. It's kind of been used, like, you know, it's been it's been used... Like, like for no reason, with like no real consequence of anything, right? Especially when people are inter like even the hell in the cell is not as protected anymore. People break through the fucking break through all the time when you're supposed to go. Well, no one can get in, no one can get out. Like even Jey Uso said that you're not locking Roman Reigns out. You're locking yourself in with me, whatever, and all that. But Roman Reigns was just chilling there, watching the fucking match. And, you know, he's sitting there, like, you know, like, like how Bray Wyatt was sitting in his fucking, uh, you know, his rocking chair and shit. But, I mean, the, ma the, the match was as typical as you'd think it was. By the way, there's, like, no thigh slapping anymore in WWE. Where, like, you, like you, you're going to be, I guess, it, it, you know how I've been saying that WWE is kind of becoming, like, the... Like the in, 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 like the insufferable fucking villains. There's more and more rules and more stupid shit. It feels like they're compiling a bunch of shit now. Where like you know they know that their time is coming up, so now we need more fucking shit to basically goof on them. Um, whether it's BTE, I mean, guarantee you, being the elite will fucking goof on no thigh slaps. But Jay Uso was I could have sworn he was doing super kicks where he was thigh-slapping. So is that going to be an issue where, like, Jey Uso gets fucking, like, suspended for... or he has to pay a fine for it? Like, it just seems so fucking out of nowhere that this is fucking happening. You know what I mean? Like, it just seems so random. 
the thigh slap, I mean, listen, it's been done to death, but I, I think that's an ele added element that kind of is a good illusion for the fucking, you know, when, when, when you're, you know what I mean? Sometimes you're not paying attention, and somebody, you know, went to gym, went, went to, I think the, I, it could, again, I don't know if it's been done, uh, when it was done first, and other promotions, and all that, all I know, as I remember, that Tajiri was one of the first people that I noticed would have that loud thwap when, uh, when they would do a kick. And I always wonder how the fuck's he doing that without realizing it, you know what I mean? And then Shawn Michaels used to be the guy that was mainly doing it with the super kick all the time and shit like that. It made it sound a lot more fucking, you know, a lot more vicious when they're, when they're doing it. But I, again, this is just Jey Uso and Daniel Bryan match was pretty fucking good. You know, just trying to escape the cage, pinfalls, like submission attempts and all that. Um... You know what I mean? It's 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 pretty weird when like you know the cage is supposed to be for like bad guys that want to escape the cage and all that. So like it's just it's always weird when you see like like it just being a transitional thing where you're trying to get out of the cage, but basically it it ends with um, the butterfly suplex on the top rope, and uh, then he puts a yes lock on and he wins. So you know it's gonna be Daniel Bryan versus Roman Reigns. It makes me feel like. This program is kind of too good, where it might have to turn into a three-way. Even though I know people are not gonna be, I'm not, I'm not gonna like that. But I mean, I mean, what are you gonna do with Daniel Bryan? You know, if he doesn't win this one, part of me wonders if Roman Reigns will fucking, you know, not Roman Reigns, Edge will cost him the match. Cause he did take, he did take, he did take a shot at um. He did take a shot at Edge, right? Kind of like that, that Edge hasn't wrestled in the last three months than, uh, you know, um, than he has. But, I mean, like, Edge has an excuse, at least, you know. Um, Ed, Edge has a, Edge has a fucking, uh, you know, excuse for, um, I don't know, man. Uh, so... But I mean, listen. It, I I I kind of like where this is kind of going. This is like the one few that it's oh Roman Reigns is always solid. You know what I mean? Like it's it feels cliche to always come on a a podcast or call into a show or you know or, or just tweet your opinions away where you're basically always always like, hey man, Roman Reigns is actually one of the few highlights in WWE. You know, it's like. It's a it's a good and again I I actually like this Daniel because again they've done a good job with keeping Daniel Bryan and Roman Reigns away as enemies. I think we almost got close in two thousand nineteen. Remember when the whole accident thing happened and Daniel Bryan was a bad guy, and then he turned a good guy randomly. You know what I mean? I I wonder if there was ever I I guarantee there's gonna be a story about that that they. Maybe there was a planned feud where Daniel Bryan was going to be the guy. Like, you know what I mean? Because that ended, like, really abruptly. Like, it, it felt like, you know, Daniel Bryan was going to kind of admit that, like, like was going to kind of be be exposed for helping Ro, uh, Rowan. But he basically, you know, uh, he basically, after, like, Rowan admitted that it was him, Daniel Bryan started slapping him around and stuff like that. And... And then him and Dan, him and Roman Reigns teamed up against Rowan, Rowan and Harper, um, you know Brody Lee, and you know, and then I I thought that you know of course Daniel Bryan might have like, 
I thought he was going to build a fucking stable with those guys or something like that, but I'm actually glad they didn't go that route because, I mean, Daniel Bryan is a fucking... Like, I wouldn't... I, again, even if Daniel Bryan was, like, a bad guy, I wouldn't have been... I wouldn't have, been, I wouldn't have been booing Daniel Bryan against Roman Reigns, in my personal opinion. So I'm actually glad that uh, they're doing this fucking feud. Um, what else? Again, you know, some of, these, some of these matches were just short, and I'm just... Like, they weren't really that long to begin with, right? Uh, like, for example, Corbin uh, didn't want to team with Sami Zayn this week, and Sami Zayn thinks that everyone's against them because they're into uh, the Street Profits were into this idea of doing single matches instead of doing, you know, tag team match. And and, the, and Dockings and... Uh, and uh, Ford were like, you know, because the tag champs are dodging us, so we might as well do this if you want to smoke. Montez Ford mocks uh, Zane's, uh, you know, uh, kind of the the docu the the documentary crew and all that. Um, but but you know, I mean, this was actually a brief promo by um uh, by the Street Profits. So I thought that um I thought that uh. I, I thought, like, for, for a while, we haven't really heard from the Street Profits too often. I think the last time we heard was when they're kind of commentating over the match from, like, you know, in, from, like, the insert screens that uh, they put, that, that they do from backstage to, like, like you know, on, on, on like, like uh, during the match and all that. That's, like, the last time, like, we really heard them. So I kind of, like, have missed them kind of cutting some promo. But maybe that's kind of good because, like, sometimes they might overdo it and then they get kind of overly goofy sometimes where I think it kind of, like, you know what I mean? Like, like I mean, anything they're going to do, people, some people are just going to love it regardless. Sometimes I don't think that some of their segments really hit that hard, right? So I always kind of, you know, again, like, you know, maybe it's kind of a good thing that we're kind of, I mean, maybe it, no one else is, but me, me personally, maybe it's kind of good that, uh, like, they're off the mic because, off the mic for the last couple of weeks because then it kind of makes you, you know, where they don't have to waste too much material and they can come up with something a lot better as, you know, when you're, you know, something of more, more of a substance when, uh, you, you know, come back with, like, a promo, you know what I mean? Instead of, like, always just doing, like, goofy stuff that's going to be, like, two or three minutes and then no one's going to remember it or care about it, you know what I mean? So, basically, Ford and Cor Corbin wrestled and, uh, and Zayn kind of helped him, helped him win by distracting him, so he ran into the end of days. It was, like, a really short match. It wasn't really that long. So then, Doc. So then, uh, Dawkins. Uh, Dawkins wanted to face Zane, and then so Zane wrestled. Corbin left, and then, uh, you know, again, th this match was a little bit longer than the other one, and it it, it was it, it was fine for what it was, it, you know. It it was mostly just to pass along a story, where you know uh, Montez Ford is kind of getting in, uh, in you know, getting in front of like the documentary crew, and Zane's kind of distracted by it. And he gets rolled up. After he was trying to go for a halluva kick, and then basically Zane starts chastising some Blake Christensen uh, lookalike. Um, I don't know if, if, if you know Blake. Hold on a second. Let me look at Blake Christensen. Is it? Hold on. Hold on. Blake. Uh, Blake. 
Oh yeah, see, I don't know. It it it, it was the wrestler Blake Christian. Some see someone was saying that it looked like him, but it actually was him. But he was basically like you know saying that he didn't recognize this guy. He goes, "Who hi, who sent you?" Sami Zayn's basically doing my fucking doing my character essentially. He's taking all from me. He's probably gonna be like you know who you know again going off on internet. If Sami Zayn starts going off on internet points and how trolls are 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 getting internet points to like you know fuck with them, then you know I I then I think I have a case or something like that. But he's stealing my character. It's like just like Kevin Owens stealing my promos. No, I'm joking. Um, you know, hold on. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, the, that was that storyline. Then we had, like, Dominic versus Gable. And this wasn't long either. And I, I kind of wanted to see more of it. I thought, like, like you know, G Gable was actually, like, you know, doing a bunch of, like, kind of, like, being, like, you know, the the, the, the veteran against, against this guy. And then, you know, th they had a couple of good fucking reversals and all that type of shit. But, like, there was a bunch of t pinning, pinning attempts. You know, when, when they start switching over and doing pinning attempts, Dominic kind of got him um, with one. And then when Rey Mysterio just runs in the ring, I think he kind of kicks uh, Gable. And then he kind of does a dive onto, uh, onto uh, I think, like, uh, uh, like, a spring, like a springboard fucking, you know, uh, like the springboard type of move onto... onto uh, I could have sworn it was a dive or a fucking, uh, cause I know he, he, you know how he land, he lands with like, you know, when you jump up and then he kind of lands in the hurricanrana position, but like, kind of like uses his weight, uses his weight to kind of knock you down off out on your back. He did that basically to, uh, to Otis. And then in simultaneously, he kind of tilted his head forward and headbutted the fucking cameraman. Which I thought was hilarious. And then he has broken ribs, so he just runs away. And I think people were confused about, like, why would you be running away from Otis? I, I, didn't look at, I didn't look at the way that, like, running away from Otis. I just thought that he was, like, you know, he wanted to get his quick shots in. He has injured ribs. And he just wanted to get out of Dodge right away. Like, fuck you. I don't, I, you know, you, know you, you, you fucked me over, like, you know, like, twice the last two weeks. I'm going to give you a receipt. Like, I, listen, I... People are not really into what Rey Mysterio is doing, what his character motivation is. But I'm looking at a guy that, like, has been fucked over by, like, all, like, like former former good guys who turned on him. Or, you know, just bad guys that are always fucking with him, taking his kindness for weakness. I kind of like OG Rey Mysterio, where he's kind of, like, you know, willing to fight back and be a little bit extra because of all the bullshit that he's dealt with. But... Again, I don't know where the storyline is going. I mean, a lot of people are not really into the Otis thing either. I'm kind of more interested because I, I I liked, I I I like that when he became a bad guy. Like there's more intensity to some of the moves that he does. You know what I mean? I I mean, you can still like make him a personality, but you know, I I I I, I kind of dig it because he's an easy to manipulate guy. So like you know what I mean? Tucker Tucker Car Tucker Tucker Carlson, Tucky. Uh, Tucker Knight, Tucker Knight was kind of like, you know, like, like the positive guy that can kind of control him and get him together. Now Gable's like, maybe because they haven't explained it enough, but I took it as that way that Gable, 
um, that because he needs somebody to like kind of boss him around and kind of lead him, lead him, right? That he could be manipulated into something that's like kind of evil. Yeah, I don't know how long it's gonna stick for. I don't know if like you know this is all set up for Gable to turn on him, but I don't. Know, we'll see, right? Uh, so yeah, that was that. Um, then the, 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 this segment, to me, served no purpose other than to get this other part done. Because, again, like, Seth Rollins, Seth Rollins didn't even seem like he knew, like, he didn't know, like, he was basically saying that, like, you know, embrace the vision and all that. And the reason why Cesaro did did what he did last week by doing the Cesaro swing is he, he's threatened by us who embraced the vision. And he wanted to humiliate me. Because he 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 knows that I'm right or something like like, like it was it was just some stupid ass reason, but it was all a backdrop for Buddy fucking Murphy to come back and basically ask for forgiveness and to help handle this problem. Now again, like the the, the again like there's gonna be a whole bunch of shit that comes out eventually that's gonna tell you how unorganized a lot of this shit is. Where it, this doesn't make any sense, and I'm trying to wonder: is it just is it just gonna be retconning? Like you know, the, the, there's gonna like you know just take away all the last five months of what happened, or are they going? To, are, are they going to like in real life? Are you gonna find out that maybe Buddy Murphy or Rey Mysterio's family are the ones that shut the storyline down because Vince McMahon wanted it because it, it seemed kind of fucking creepy to have his daughter in the storyline, even though she is an adult. You know what I mean? But the fact that, like, all these, like, shill accounts online were making a big deal about it, this is when I kind of knew that, like, it might be more to what was going on. So maybe they canned it on purpose. Because, again, like, it's like some of these guys were not into that. But then they say, like, a lot of other fucking creepy shit. Or, you know, they defend other fucked, fucked up shit that goes on. And yet, like, you know, they're acting like they're morally superior because, like, a 19-year-old might be going out with someone who's 37 in a storyline. You know. Especially people that were fucking, you know, uh, making excuses for that, uh, for that fucking, uh, that movie about, uh, about the 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 little you know you know that movie that all the all the people wanted to cancel Netflix over, you know. I don't even know where the fuck I was. So yeah, so then so so basically later on, Cesaro and uh, Buddy Murphy are in the in the ring, and you know Seth Rollins is doing commentary, basically. Kind of like you know, not taunting like Cesaro, but basically just spewing some of his character character shit, while Cesaro and Buddy Murphy are having a fucking good match. I thought it it was fine for the amount of time it was given. I just it, it so they're basically building up to Cesaro and Seth Rollins. I'm sure at the pay per view he'll have another match with Buddy Murphy. Again, I don't know if I want Buddy Murphy. Like, Buddy Murphy should do something else. Like, I just don't know how you're going to get around this. And then even though, like, it's like, is he going to avoid fucking Rey Mysterio and Dominic as well? Like, like, dude, they should have been on different brands after this whole fucking feud happened, in my personal opinion. But again, you know, what do I fucking know? So, Cesaro wins with a sharpshooter. Fine match, by the way. It was a fine match. I think this is probably one of the better matches. I mean... Not the main event was obviously the match of the fucking night, but you know, um, 
Then uh, we had Bianca versus Shayna. And again, some of the background to this was like backstage segment where Carmella uh, called uh, Reginald a fucking snake, knocks the fucking wine bottle, like the tray of the, where the wine bottle and the glass are, you know, the, you know, they're on the fucking tray. So I guess knocked over. And, you know, part of me wonders if this is all like, if this was a, a whole way to get, Sa like, for example, like if they're planning on turning Sasha heel, and they want to introduce Reginald. Was this a way for them to kind of have someone associated with, with Carmella? And the intention would be not to have um, this pairing uh, last too long. So that it could, the pairing could go to Sasha and uh, to, to Reginald basically. Or is this like another ploy to like... Maybe after Fastlane, she's going to fucking reveal that, this is, that they were all in cahoots to fool them and all that kind of shit. And she inserts herself into the WrestleMania main event. I'm not saying I want that to happen. I just, I'm ho hopefully I, I can put that, I can put that idea out there and they're not going to fucking use it. Ho hopefully, right? So maybe Carmella's going to, I think, you know, they're trying to fucking insert Carmella into the main event to piss everyone off, essentially. Like, they gave you a good Royal Rumble winner and shit like that. But it feels like, like this feud has... This um, hype up for it has kind of been... It's been, it's been, like, you know... I think it's been dumbed down with this whole Reginald thing. And then also this, this like... This need for, like, Nia and Shayna to be... Um, for for Nia and Shayna to be... Uh, Facing them over, you know what I mean for for the t and for the title. It's like, why do you need that? It's like I, maybe they're just kill listen. I would give them benefit of the doubt and say maybe they're killing time until the WrestleMania, like, until like the the build up to WrestleMania actually fucking begins. But like you know, I just I just like like for example, like Bianca just beat Shayna by reversing her curve. Sorry, Carefuda clutch, Carefuda clutch. Uh, you know, I guess I a few more times. Carafuda, 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 Carafuda. Carafuda clutch. She, she reversed that into the, the kiss of death. And, uh, you know, uh, and, 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 the, and, and the ending happened with, uh, it happened with, uh, before she even did all that, she got knocked to the floor. She landed near Reginald. And then she shoved Reginald towards Nia Jax. So then Nia Jax, then she goes back, so Bianca goes back in the ring. Nia Jax shoves Reginald, nearly hits Sha Sasha. Then she runs towards Reginald. He moves out of the way, and then she knocks down Sasha. So then that, so that's how, like, the whole fucking distraction shit worked. And then after the match, Bianca's telling her to go, telling Sasha to go handle this. This is her problem. Because they're going to be tagging for the fucking, at Fastlane. Apparently, they didn't even mention that this happened in the chamber already. Whatever. So then Sasha pretends to be sympathetic to Reginald, and she and she showed why she graduated from the fucking, you know, hard slaps of fucking Stephanie McMahon, because she nailed Reginald with this fucking nasty-ass slap, bro. It was fucking really, really vicious. Kind of hoping that if, you know, she ever wrestles uh, Stephanie... That she gets to do that to, you know, Stephanie. Don't hold your breath. Yeah, remember when they were kind of teasing that in the summer last year? 
where you know where you actually thought that like there might be a chance that Sasha was uh, gonna face fucking Stephanie at some point. I wouldn't mind seeing that, but whatever. Uh, oh yeah, and then afterwards, Reginald tried to apologize, and she closes the door, her locker room door, on him. And then she, and Shayna's like, "Are you? What are you doing? Are you thirsty? You thirsty for a fight?" I th- the way she said that, I, I was I was laughing my ass off. But then Naya was like, "Oh my god, don't you see what I see? I think he's cute." It's like, okay, so I'm guessing like he's gonna be passed around. I'm sure they'll like. Maybe, like, you know, like, maybe one of the fucking build-ups to this, like, they'll show some fucking hotel room footage between Naya and fucking, you know, with the way that they're writing shit now, like, you know what I mean? Like, you'll find out that Reginald had three some with Shayna and Naya or something like that. I, I wouldn't put it past them. People say, you know, that's kind of ridiculous, that's kind of stupid. But it's like, you know, this com- if anyone does anything, if anyone knows how to do stupid... Whether it's purposely or not, it's it's WWE. Um, yeah, so th- that was that with that, you know. Um, and then here comes... Uh, I should fucking just play this right now. I should just play it while I'm... Because, again, this is going to, like, you know, be a little... Because, again, everyone was kind of, like, you know, making kind of a big deal about, about this shit, you know, when, when this fucking happened. Never miss a draw. It's oh, oh my god! Because what happened is Apollo Cruz comes down to the ring with you know again. Now you thought okay, he comes around with the fucking w- w- he comes around with the scarf with a Nigerian themed scarf. That's cool. He has like soldiers with him. You're like okay, that's that's okay. Okay, that's whatever. Then he has a spear with him. And it's like, okay, it's like, you know, they kind of are kind of overdoing it. And listen, I I follow a lot of accounts on uh, who follow wrestling, right? I have them on list. A lot a lot of the people I follow uh, are like black personalities on, on social, uh, you know, in, in the wrestling thing. So I was checking to see their reaction to see, okay, do, like, do they find this offensive or like, you know what I mean? And... A lot of them were down. Were down with it, you know. What I mean, some of them really, really, really liked it. I think what happens. Okay, see, this is what happens, man. Is that for the last fifteen to twenty years, there's been like more people. Like I guess you can call you can call those people like the quote unquote new blacks that everyone kind of always rallies against, because like they've made it like kind of like 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 the mission to be like we're like. Oh, we're not stereotypes. We like nerdy stuff too, and all that kind of stuff, which is like you could be like a nerd and still kind of like your like you know what's in your culture and all that type of stuff, right? But because like like we've been trained to think that anything that's kind of embracing the culture, especially in the form of wrestling, we've all, we we've seen multiple times that like these that that these guys who are running this shit don't really know anything about other people's culture, right? So when you see like this and then, you know, Apollo is using the accent and he is like talking like, you know, an actual African, then you're like, okay, is this like kind of a cultural thing or is this more of a stereotype thing? Because if like, if, if you're not black and then you're kind of like, oh, this is cool, this is cool. Like then sometimes it feels like they will, like a lot of black people will get mad because you're kind of cheering on a stereotype or something like that. 
But then if, like, you know, again, because, like, we're a lot of non-black people want to kind of like show they're good allies to people like you know even if like they backfire they're not good and it ends up being more embarrassing than being a good ally you kind of feel like you have to get offended for other like like you have to get offended for them so like you might be looking at looking for it when it might not even be there but as long as like apollo has control over this character and he knows what he's doing like it's not like he's like someone that's not like actually an african like he's not like it's not like he was like like you know like like born in alaska and then he's just trying to do this kind of gimmick it's like this is actually from his roots and he's and again when he was doing the accent I think a lot of people, because he said that this is who, he goes, oh, I don't like the new Apollo. He goes, no, this is the, the, the this is me because, uh, you know, th- this is who I am. He's talking, he's using the African accent. And we'll see how, how much, how, how serious this is, depending on how Big E reacts to this. See, if Big E comes back and he starts, like, goofing on the accent and making jokes and he's not like pissed off at what happened. Then you know this pro, this character is gonna be kind of considered a fucking, jo- or or maybe Biggie does think it is a joke. Maybe Apollo will show why it isn't a joke, whatever, right? But it depends on how Biggie is gonna react to it because people are saying this is coming across like King Booker a little bit, right? I don't think so. I think like you know we we all know Booker doesn't have any. I mean unless he's been lying to us and it wasn't unless he has like you know lineage in, in, in England you know what they're called we, we, obviously it's supposed to be a parody of a guy who's so delusioned with, with being king of the ring but this one like it, it, it has like some genuine shit to it because not, I'm not saying it's, it's shit I'm saying like, I just use I, I, I over explain everything no what, what I mean like there's some like authenticity and genuine uh, uh, you know uh, feelings from uh what Apollo's saying, like being asked stupid questions, growing up, and you know, n- not knowing how to expl- explain, not knowing how to be himself, and all that. I, uh, you know, again, let me play some of the promo. Okay, let me play it. Hold on. Everybody is telling me how they do not. Like the new Apollo. <laughs> the good news is that this is not the new Apollo. This is the real Apollo. This is who I am. This is how I talk. I am a descendant of Nigerian royalty. See, now some people have said online, right, that he, that like, you know, if, if, if you're, if you're an African, if you're an African, and you were actually like you know born there, born there, and then you came to like America. That even though you could do like you you have like an American accent, you can kind of dip in to your African accent, like you know what I mean. Because sometimes like you know what I mean, like if if like you know if you're French, if you're French, Canadian, and all that, some people kind of lose their accent a little bit, but they still dip into it. You know what I mean? It can be like that. What I took from this, and I guess also Wei Ting said it on his show as well, when on on his uh, uh, Rewind of Dynamite, and I, I I kind of agree with the sentiment uh, that like I don't think he was trying to say 
that he was um, like he's like, I, like even though he's saying that this is who he is, I think he's saying mentally he because again he he was born he's African born that like this is how his ancestors would have talked would have talked like so like he feels that because he was born in Africa and he comes from uh, um, Nigerian royalty and all that that like in his head this is how he sounds even though to some people it might not sound like you know like this kind of sounds weird because you're just out of nowhere putting uh, you know an accent on when you didn't have one prior so I don't think he actually believes that like this is like that this accent is uh, like, you know, 100% real, but, like, he's just saying that I'm African, this is what my roots are, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm Niger sorry, Nigerian, and this is what my roots are, so, like, this is who who I feel I am, really, you know what I mean? That's that's what I took from it. I am a real African-American. I remember when I was a young boy and my father would tell me stories about the elite god. These were stories of my heritage, and at the time I was too ashamed to accept these stories because the truth is every day I would go to school and I would be made fun of, and the only thing I wanted to do was fit in. The only thing I wanted to do was be just like you, but you never accepted me for who I was. Even my so-called friends only wanted me around to mock me and ask me ignorant questions. Did you live in a jungle? Did you ride lions to school? I was ashamed. When the truth is... It's like, it's, if this is Vince McMahon's brainchild, it's like Vince McMahon sat around and watched, he was like on his computer and then he saw an ad for um, Coming to America. And I specify seeing an ad, saying he saw the ad because I don't think Vince McMahon would fucking sit through coming to America, you know what I mean, he probably, see, he probably saw, like, Eddie Murphy, he saw, he saw Eddie Murphy in our senior hall, he's like, ah, good shit, pal, you know what I mean, like, that kind of thing, but I, I, I don't know, it, it just feels like when something cultural, it happens, and most of the time, like, you know, a lot of, like, like, the white fans that are, like, white fans, or even brown fans as well, who may not be as familiar, you know, there's, there's more of a chance, like, of, like, you know, there being, you know, of people, like, you know, kind of understanding. So when you see it in WWE, like, how over-the-top he's kind of being, right? If you see how kind of he's overplaying it, you might have the impression that it's coming across like a parody a little bit, right? But, like, again, this is, if Apollo himself has, you know, creative um, input into what's being done... I have no issue with it whatsoever. No one should have an issue. You should talk to, you should at least see the p opinions of other black people who, you know, know about, who know, but who know about the culture and all, and all that, who, who, who may, you know, have a different, I just think that a lot of people who, I guess like a, lo a lot of wrestling fans who are like, kind of like, who think they're progressive, right? I think maybe because we've been so, especially for like for like like you know non like for like non black people especially right, you see so many stereotypes being played. In in wrestling, and we let them slide for so long, that like now when something might seem like it could be treading on like something very very like stereotypical and kind of making it a parody, people feel they have to like overreach and kind of. Uh, 
go, oh my God, this is so wrong. But like, you shouldn't, like, you should just like, see the opinions of other black people who, you know, again, we're saying, again, like, you don't know if, like, maybe they're shilling and, and some of the ones that are, like, the personalities online who, you know, kind of defend Vince McMahon at all costs. So, like, you know what I mean? But, like, you know, those other accounts that, you know, were, you know, again, like, you know, we're digging it. And I'm digging this, too. I want to see where it goes. I, I, I thought Apollo Crews has always been a talented guy. Thought he was kind of underutilized, and I'm just glad he's kind of has his own character. Like you know what I mean? He's kind of getting a storyline, so he must be excited on that level to be getting his like a, a really really good storyline, um, with like another fucking talented dude like Big E. It all it also depends on how Big E is gonna fucking come back next week, and I'm hoping he's not gonna be like you know really happy. I hope I see more intensity. I'm not, and again I'm not saying he has to end the comedy. I'm just saying, like, you know, time and time when you are almost stretched out, when you're stretched out of, uh, and you're supposed to be very, very fucking injured, like, you know what I mean, it just it doesn't make any fucking sense for you to come back and fucking be all jovial and happy about it, you know what I mean, or, or even playing calm, like, you should be fucking coming back and getting fucking mad, cut one of the best fucking promos of your fucking life, to make it seem like the Intercontinental title is important, you know, that's, I have confidence in Big E, I, I, I believe he can do that, you know, if he wants to, again, I, I don't want to make it seem like, oh my god, I'm telling him to be serious and all that kind of shit, it's just, you know, sometimes when your character needs to be serious, your character could be fucking serious, that's all I'm saying, you know, let me finish the Apollo Crews promo. These stories my father would tell me about my Nigerian ancestors who are some of the most feared and respected warriors in all of Nigeria. They would conquer and dominate anybody who would step in their path. And if you were foolish enough to attack them, they would leave you in bloody defeat and hunt you for generations. And the more I go back into my roots, the more I realize that history is repeating itself. Because Biggie. You tried to conquer me. You tried to humble me. And every single time you disrespected me, the only thing I would hear is my ancestors in my head saying, Apollo, stand up and claim your best right. So I did what I had to do. Biggie, I know you're at home nursing your injury. And I know you fear what you have a walking inside of me. I see that you're coming back next week, which makes me very, very happy because I'm no longer the man you once knew. I'm no longer the man you once dismissed. I no longer try to fit in. I proudly stand out and I no longer beg I demand and I'm demanding for a rematch for your intercontinental championship you will fall before my feet and I will leave you a broken man for the rest of your life and you will be haunted by my complete and total victory So yeah, that was the promo, essentially. You know what I mean? That was. Uh, I mean, yeah. Listen, man. I, 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 I'm, I'm curious to see where the fuck it goes. You know, I'm curious. I'm, I'm legitimately curious to see where it fucking goes. You know, 
but I'm I'm just glad that like you know they're giving like an IC title, like you know instead of just having like just a random like oh like the the, the they're both gonna wrestle for the title, um just like purely like you know athletic or you know at least like they're giving it like an actual storyline. And, you know, again, all villains always think they have the valid... Tr- again, like, there's validity to what, what what he's saying, but, like, you... Again, like, it's always hard to know who, like, the real heel is, because, cause, like, you look at the surface, like, Apollo lost a lot, a, a lot of the time, so why would Biggie be giving him another title shot over and over again, right? But, you know, again, so, like, maybe in his head, he thinks that's disrespect, and there's validity to some of the disrespect that maybe he may have received in his life... And now he's kind of like using it, and he's kind of be kind of like trying to be this elitist kind of guy, who thinks like he he's like, he's like he, he thinks because he's rich, and his family has fortune and all that 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 means he deserves a title shot even after he lost a lot of the time, right? But I mean, listen, man. You know, there's gonna. I mean, there's gonna be like a lot, a, a lot of like white, a, a lot of a lot of white wrestling fans, basically. You know, bringing up Wakanda. Uh, you know, every other every other day when this fucking feud goes on. You know, you know, this is what happened when, like, you know, when when when, when wrestling fans have been kind of conditioned to like like, to like, you know, see 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 shit a certain way. So, so like now it's like you know when you bring something that like like you know a lot of the white fans haven't seen with different people's cultures and all that, it's it's gonna start like arguments online, you know, and there's gonna be a lot of ignorant shit going on. It's gonna have like a lot of people like there's gonna probably be a meme with somebody going putting quotations. I don't. I don't think Apollo's accent is really that great, and he should drop it. And then they'll they'll have a picture underneath underneath the quote, and it'll be like like you know you know all that, the the row the rows of different fucking white people to basically show that it's like white people that would be saying that kind of shit. So that that would get the again like first the first that meme started with uh, just like random uh, redneck white guys. But then over the course of, like, the last, like, year or so, whenever somebody, like, uh, does it within wrestling, they have all, like, the trouble, all the people who have uh, racist views in wrestling, like, all the white guys, you know, like, Hulk Hogan, Jackson Riker, and all that type of shit. I think that's kind of fucking funny, you know. And that was SmackDown, essentially. Oh, yeah, no, and those two more things. Bailey did a talk show... And it wasn't like an, uh, an actual the actual talk show. She was just kind of doing instead of mean tweets, she was doing sweet tweets, and she was reading a couple of of of, of tweets that were you know sweet, obviously. And then she read one. She didn't read it out loud, but then she kind of walked out of her own set. But she did this backstage instead of doing it um, in the ring for you know what I mean. And I actually like this better. I hope she, when she does the talk show again, I hope she keeps it. Where it was, I again, because sometimes I just think some of these talk shows don't need to be outside in the ring and all that. I think that became a thing when, you know, it became um, necessary for people to like, you know, by like having by having it in the ring, so like you know, like, you know, it's good for television kind of thing for like live television and like you know some of these audiences that are are paying money, right? Because again, if you paid for like a 
a superstar, like, you know, superstar taping. I guess it wouldn't be as big of a deal if they were, like, doing, like, you know, the fucking, uh, like, the, like, you know, old Raws or old superstars where they're all doing some of the things, uh, in the, uh, in the side of the, of the entrance or, like, you know, in another, in another area. You know, I, I, me personally, I always missed, I, I always liked the, uh, the, the sort of g generic stage that would be like, like, you know, like near the entrance uh, where me and Gene would interview you. I, I would always, I mean, they brought that back for a bit uh, when the net, when the, when the network first started and all that, uh, and they're doing some of the pre-shows and all that kind of shit over there. But I mean, I, I just, I just dug it. I mean, I'm sure Bailey was reading some of her fucking, you know, uh, obsessed fucking fans tweets about, you know, about how much fucking ass she has and all that. It's probably what freaked her out or something like that. Probably, it, it was probably the, it, it's funny, what's it called, when, when, when people talk about, like, what kind of tweets would freak her out, it would always probably be people who are quote-unquote anti-WWE or something like that, but it's probably, like, the, the, the employed stands would be the ones that would probably creep her out for real. Let's be honest. Oh yeah, and then and then Natty and Tamina were in a random segment for like two seconds, where like they were just trying to, you know, talk about how like you know they're not incorporated into the into the tape. I mean, they have a they have a legitimate fucking thing. They've been winning. The, them and Riot Squad were well. Riot Squad is not winning now, but they were winning for a bit. But like Natty and Tamina probably have more of a reason to get a t title shot than uh, than Sasha and Bianca for no fucking reason. I I, this, I I just, I'm more peeved because I just, the more you kind of keep Naya away from Bianca and Sasha, the better for me. Because again, like, you don't know what day fucking Naya is going to fucking decide that, like, you know, she doesn't have to fucking put that much effort in and she fucking... Again, listen, you know how I believe in predictive programming, right? You know, you know how I believe when they show you something in storyline, it kind of ha happens. So ever since that time that Sasha Banks kind of teased her retirement, that she was going to retire from an injury, and then she kind of swerved everybody. Again, like that was a good swerve. It, it didn't serve a real purpose because it just seemed so random. But like it just it feels like something that they've planted those seeds, where it's like you know life imitating art, and that's what it fucking feels like to me. Yeah. Life imitates art, you know. But yeah, that was basically SmackDown, man. That was basically SmackDown. Uh, how much time do I have left for the first... Oh, okay. I'm closing in on the first fucking hour. My head's... My head's feeling... Here's my incorporated fucking reference from UFC. My head's feeling like... Algemin Sterling, you know, I, I after he got kicked by Peter Yan. No, I, you know, I I saw some clip online. I'm, I I just kind of saw some clip online. Cause everyone was talking about it. Uh, what they call this guy? You know, the Sterling guy got he got kicked in the fucking like a legal knee, and that apparently lost his fucking title. Lost uh, Yan's uh, title, you know, uh, uh, to go to Sterling. And people think that, it was, that, you know, he was acting. I don't think he was acting. I do think it's, I do think that was scripted to happen, though. I mean, part, part of his initiation, 
get a nice fuck you know it's part of your bum card you know to you know how wrestlers have bum cards it's part of it's one of his fucking head one of the shots he needs to have basically they're probably gonna milk us they're probably gonna milk a storyline out of this you know what i mean because again like that's it's like professional wrestling a legal kick you know somebody loses a title now he has like you know he has you know he can kind of break, I don't I don't know how much shit that uh, Yon guy talks, but he has like reason to go. Oh well, he didn't beat me. He got saved by that whatever and all that, you know. And then another storyline that's kind of like you know, um, kind of uh, you know I can see happening. You know, Khabib returned as a coach for um Islav Mash Makinov Makinov. I, I I don't know what the fuck, I, I'm really horrible at these fucking names, man. So now I don't know what what sound they fucking make after a while. Especially when I don't fucking hear it. But he's coaching some guy, and he's still a fucking champion. So it's like, is he gonna, like, relinquish his belt? Are they gonna milk another fucking fight out of it? Does Khabib, like, you know, does Khabib, like, uh... Does like does his protege that he's like you know coaching kind of he's the one we know as a coach by the way does he kind of uh, go against like you know one of Conor McGregor's fucking friends or something like that or is it gonna be like one of those things where he's coaching and like and uh, he gets taunted out of retirement you know that 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 seems like I what the booking that should have gone to Joe Budden to get him out of retirement it it might go to Khabib. That's that's what I figure basically. That's what I figure. But you know, another random thing that I, I I kind of wanted to talk about, and I'm kind of trying to kill like the last minute of time, when I could just end it. But I'm just trying to make it seem like I am talking, and I'm not really about to say anything. But for like the next at least forty seconds or so. I'm going to try to extend it so I can at least feel like I've done a full hour without having to do this. And I'm probably not going to even remember what I intended to say, but it was an interesting point And I just kind of wanted to kind of get it off my chest. And I just really, 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 really want to, you know, uh, uh, what, what was it really? See, I'm, I'm, I'm already forgetting. Uh, edgy, edginess is something to do with edginess. I could just end it right now and just kind of start over for the next part of the hour. But now I'm down to like five, four, three, two. Okay, so now I remember what I wanted to say. It's just a random point I wanted to make and it just feels like it's an interesting point. I, I was thinking about like how uh, when people... Like, you know how I always say that when you do your art, you have to kind of be, um, you kind of have to be incorporating some ignorance into your, into your thing. So, like, let's say you're somebody that, uh, is funny with something else. But then when it comes to, like, the shocking, edgy shit that you have to do, you're not good at that. And then, on some level, it's a good thing that someone's not good at that because they don't want to really do it and they want to do other material, but this is what they're forced to do. So then that takes away to like so, so to an audience that you're that's watching you, that will take away from your humor essentially. It'll take away credibility, 
oh, well, he can't execute these things. He's just coming across cringy, right? But then if someone's good at doing the ignorant fucking humor, because it's part of their fucking propaganda that they got to partake in, and it comes across really, really funny, it's like, yeah, then that means you get praised for being funny, but at the same time that you could be influencing somebody else to be doing the same fucking, you could do the same thing, so you're perpetuating the ignorance because, you know, you could because a really talented person could disguise that into a really, really, uh, a really, really good, a, a really, really funny and you know, and 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 a, and a really good set essentially. I don't know why I randomly wanted to bring this up. It just, it's been on my mind, and I'm like, I should express this now before you know, I forget about it. Otherwise, I'm going to feel like an idiot. But then I'm also worried that, like, when I express it on... Uh, when, it's better when I'm writing it than when I'm actually saying it because I don't really have the conviction or the voice or, like, you know, to be say, to be trying to be all witty and shit. Um, my wit comes across a lot better when I'm writing shit, actually, unfortunately. You know? <clears throat> What else I had to talk about? Oh yeah, I didn't like that. Uh, I didn't like that. Um, Miku Satomura lost on NXT UK to uh, Kaylee Ray. Again, listen, man. I guess they wanted to kind of make Kaylee Ray's run a little bit more, uh, a little bit more credible to like you know to to the base that are watching that show, because Miku Satomura is very very. Uh, She's very, very credible, right? And I thought the match was really, really fucking good. I I was just hoping, like, it's like, well, then if you're, if you're gonna make her lose, then why did you just add? Her, why did you add her to like the NXT UK then? Why not just you know make her go to NXT? And I mean, maybe UK is a lot more convenient for her to be than the US. But I really do hope we see Miko Satamora in uh in uh you know the NXT program and shit like that. You know what I mean? I hope I'm saying her name properly, man. I'm I'm not good with names, man. And I feel so fucking horrible with it. You know what I mean? Like sometimes I just kind of do it off my fucking head. Also, I stutter, and 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 my voice kind of like struggles sometimes. You know, especially with my voice all being parched and all that. So I just sometimes I don't have any business saying anyone's fucking name. Really, to tell you the truth. Um, you know, Lacey Evans did a fucking interview. And she was talking about what the planned angle was. And again, this is what I predicted what would be said. Or I'm actually surprised they actually went through with it, kind of admitting it. But they said the plan was for Lacey Evans to win the title off of uh, Asuka. And her and Charlotte were going to feud at WrestleMania for the title. Now, because this pregnancy really did happen, I do think... She, and she did admit that they knew that she wanted to get pregnant. But, you know, they, they had to specify, like, oh, well, they didn't know when she was going to do it. But they knew she was. So that's, like, the closest you'll get to them, kind of, admitting that they knew that this was going to go nowhere. It's all, just, to, just to add more hatred towards Charlotte because, uh, you know, you're, you're supposed to really hate her in real life, essentially. Or what you perceive as real life on social media, essentially, right? So... So again, they had to. Do, so that's why they're trying to cover their bases because WWE is supposed to be the narrative is supposed to be that they they're in a state of confusion. No one knows what's going on. Everything isn't you know planned out. So like now it might end up like with Oscar versus Charlotte, 
And again, if this turns out to be good, then people will be like, well, it happened. It, it wasn't always planned. Vince McMahon was trying to get Charlotte to be in a feud with Lacey. Um, and I'm, I'm not even sure that the feud will happen with with Lacey and uh, the, with with uh, Charlotte and Oscar. maybe. I think maybe they go with Rhea, maybe. Unless they're going to do a triple threat. Like, how many more triple threats? Cause maybe this will, be, this will be the triple threat mania, essentially. You know what I mean? But I, I suspect that Asuka is going to get the fucking short end of the stick. Asuka is going to probably end up uh, not fucking, you know, getting a match. And it's a shame, too, because, listen, I know people are going to say that she's had enough accolades. She's credible. She's kind of made. And that's true. There's an argument to be made that even though they may not have protected her, like, you know, like to the best of their ability, that they still kind of gave her cool accolades, like an undefeated streak. Uh, not losing the NXT title, winning the Royal Rumble, you know, having a classic match with uh, with Charlotte, you know, winning the Tag Champions twice, winning the Women's Championship multiple times. I just thought the last year during this pandemic era, she was one of like the few highlights of people that really, 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 really stood out. And I just think she deserves more of a fucking, more of a fucking uh, credible fucking match than just kind of being kind of tossed into a battle royal, which will, will end up happening when Charlotte wins the fucking match in fast lane or something like that. You know what I mean? But yeah, it's it's interesting that you know they that, that that they admitted they just put on interviews that 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 was the plan. Even though I I believe they knew what was fucking gonna happen essentially. Um. Yo, I I again about any about fucking uh, about um. Uh, uh, AEW. I was watching some of AEW Dark last night. I didn't get to watch all of it yet. I'll probably watch it a little bit later. Um, you know, uh, I was going to watch it a little bit later, but Swole, uh, Big Swole, she cut a really dope promo. Now, people are saying that, like, oh, she could have just go on Reddit and you'll see, like, the fucking asshole comments. She wasn't really, really fucking good. She wasn't, like, they're making every excuse. And listen, maybe, you know, she's, she debuted in 2015, right? Maybe she's not, com- like, she isn't, like, like the most complete worker right now. But, like, you will justify that for other fucking, uh, other assholes who are not fucking that great personality-wise. And they're not even, like, the best in the ring. And y- y- they will get fucking praise of, uh, of deserving more of a shot and all that. It's because, again, like, you know, again, I hate to say there's a race issue, but, I mean, of course, when, when somebody kind of get, gets outspoken, like, in the promo that she did, of course, people are going to just use that she's not good, pro, you know what I mean? I'm hoping it's one of those things where, like, she took time off, and she's getting her Illuminati power skills now, and she's going to actually prove people wrong in the ring, you know what I mean? Because, again, some of the matches haven't been the fucking greatest, that she's done, I thought because of Britt Baker being kind of injured and coming back, I thought that the, the tooth and nail match wasn't really that fucking great after they forced fucking the, the hand of AEW and Tony Khan to put it on, and I think they kind of purposely set it, um, set it to fucking fail by making it the first fucking match, 
and kind of like, you know, starting off on a fucking little sour note with that shit because it wasn't really a good cinematic match. There was like elements that I liked about it. I just thought, you know, they should have either kept it on the pre-show or done that in the middle of the fucking card just to kind of, you know, give people uh, you know, a palate cleanser a little bit. But you know, here, here's a promo. Hold on. I'm just reading the comments of some of these things. Hold on. Uh, let me see where it is. Hold on. All right, hold on. Here it is. I thought that was a solid promo. And by the way, you could have easily... Again, people are going to say, well, you shouldn't take away from the tournament. I thought maybe this would have been actually hype if you brought her out after the tournament, after the showdown between Sheeta. And I guess it, I guess it, it, it is it is real. I thought it was right. I thought it because again, Rio's already there's only a Rio in there. I just thought maybe it's called it was Ryo or whatever. You know what I mean? Like I, I, I could have sworn I heard Cal, Cal, Maybe I'm wrong. Whatever. But yeah, it's Rio Mizunami. I guess. Um, but yeah, Swole should have came out and she should have uh, cut this promo. You know, it, it could have given you something hype to go, okay, she's going to be watching next, whatever, you know what I mean? But I, I thought I, I liked that. And again, like, you know, it was posted on Reddit, it was posted on Reddit, 
go to the comments. It's fucking, you know, again, all you people that are fucking just haters. Everyone that's defending Swole in the, in the comment section are getting down, are getting downvoted, especially people that were asking, why couldn't this be on television? Why did you need, like, another Jake Hager match? You know, why did you need it? Like, you, you, know, like, you know what I mean? Like, you could have put this in, in, the, in the show. Again, Scorpio Sky didn't get fucking any any mic time for the revolution. I mean, you could argue that Cody didn't really... Um, I mean, at least he got a, a, a big match with Shaq, obviously. But he didn't really put any hype into this revolution fucking, uh, uh, you know... Uh, he, he, he didn't really, uh, you know... Uh, like he didn't really, you know, talk about the match itself. So I, again, Scorpio Sky didn't get one. You know, it's it just it's weird, man. But I mean, whatever, man. You know, it is whatever. Let's talk about some other shit. This is like non wrestling shit now. So I mean, if you just tune in for the wrestling talk, you can tune out. But it's not, I'm not gonna. It's not gonna be like very long. At least I don't think it's gonna be very long. Oh shit! The other thing I had to mention. In 2021, there's a feud going on in the world of fucking wrestling. You know, on, you know, in social media platform, and it's the feud of Mark Henry. And again, he's always in a feud now. I guess that's his character in real life now. Against Ahmed fucking Johnson. Now, everybody... Okay, I guess I'm not saying that I agree with what Ahmed Johnson said. Because again, he... Again, one thing to say about Mark Henry. And you can say that Mark Henry... You know, uh... Even though Mark Henry denies it... Uh, it could be, uh, you know, kissing Vince McMahon's ass, as they say. Even though Mark Henry will say that, you know... Let, let me pull up the clip, by the way. So, Ahmed Johnson was... Doing an interview on Sportskedia. I think that's the place he was doing it. I don't know if they're the ones who transcribed it. But he did a, a podcast. And, you know, again, you know how these things are kind of planned out a little bit. I feel like when people are going to get exposed, kind of... They basically bring somebody out to kind of tell, like, some of these little hidden truths about certain things. But because it it won't catch as much traction because the guy putting out the information is not credible to a lot of fucking people, right? Ahmed Johnson, king of, you know, people know him for not really cutting the best promos. Uh, you know, being injury prone, injuring other fucking people. And again, and personally, I think that, you know, in wrestling, when, you know, these are initiations, so whenever people use the whole injury prone and um, injuring other people, like, I'm not saying that isn't valid and isn't concerning, but it it doesn't make me think that the person's unsafe. It just meant that he was chosen to be an unsafe guy who was supposed to fucking, you know, uh, you know give some people, you know, in, the, in this world of Game of Thrones, give them their, some, you know, some... Uh, receipt essentially like this is your initiation you gotta get a concussion kind of thing you know what i mean you gotta do this it's like it's a weird fucking world and again this is just my theory so he was like saying shit like more candy to kiss ass and that uh you know um D'Lo Brown. this is this is where i'm i'm kind of fickle because 
D'Lo Brown, man, that guy is like a very, very, you know, endeared, he's very, very endearing to a lot of fucking people, people, again, you know, we have good memories about the fucking guy, you know, and again, he seems like someone that everyone always says is a good dude, and then everyone says Ahmed Johnson's a fucking asshole, now, whenever someone, when people in the industry say one person, that they pick and choose, one people that are kind of not a, really a part of wrestling that much, like they're the asshole, like Mark Miro, Ahmed Johnson, uh, you know, Billy Jack Haynes, uh, who else is Ultimate Warrior. So you always assume that because the industry is, I always assume at least, when the industry is run by fucking assholes, it's like they'll protect the other. Like, for example, let's say Ric Flair is one of the most, let's, let's just say, for example, Ric Flair is one of the most racist fucking human beings on the planet. Like people, some people say he is, right? Because he's protected behind the scenes within the wrestling world, he will even if he like, does like, like horrible shit, he will have a cosign from everybody who will just kind of go, "No, Ric Flair is one of the best. He's fucking great and all that." When somebody is like that much of an asshole that, you know, is exiled from the business, it's like they get chosen to be, like, you know what I mean? Like, people will go, I can't believe Ultimate Warrior said some really horrible things about Bobby the Brain Heenan. And it's like, okay, no, you don't have to agree with Ultimate Warrior on what he fucking said, said, said in general, right? But it's like, how do you know what Bobby the Brain Heenan was behind the scenes? It's just, you just know with what is what is allowed to be known about it, you know what I mean? So it feels like one of those things where, you know, Ahmed Johnson's kind of like the easy target. No one's gonna buy what he says. No one's gonna buy what he says. And then Mark Henry has like the audacity to go, "Oh, you podcasters, why are you getting Ahmed Johnson on your like, dude? You don't dictate who can be interviewed." But are you are you afraid that like you like you Mark Henry goes on with these stories about how Ahmed Johnson tried to fucking put somas in his fucking drink because he wanted to stay in town uh, an, an an extra day or something like that and he didn't he did it so so they wouldn't leave. Personally, I think that was part of you know an initiation. Ahmed Johnson seems like somebody that was hired to be like. Like a guy, like you know how Bob Holly and all these other guys, like you know, like JBL, who are kind of like the guys that are doing the initiations, kind of. It felt like that. Like if Mark Henry is pissed off about that, he should take that up with Vince. I guarantee you that could probably be Vince, who probably it's the same, the same fucking shit about how uh, you heard rumors about how X Pac shit in one of Mark Henry's sandwiches, and apparently Mark Henry ate it. I don't know how true that is, but Mark Henry never talks about that, for example, right? So let me let me find Mark Henry. Uh, hold on. Uh, Mark Henry. Ahmed. Hold on, let me see. Let me find it out right here. Here it is. The one thing I will agree with Mark Henry on is like the hate for because it because he he claimed that D'Lo didn't fucking check up on draws, and and Mark Henry well and again you again how credible is Mark and again people are gonna be like well Mark Henry is more credible yeah but you know what here's the thing Mark Henry is also the same guy that on his Hall of Fame speech cried 
uh, you know, um, for Martha Hart to fucking let Vince McMahon put Owen Hart in the induction. You know what I mean? And again, on the surface, that looks like nice and all that kind of shit. But, you know, he knows full well. Because he's a smart guy, right? So a smart guy like Mark Henry would, would know for a fact that, what, that, that what's it called, that somebody whose husband died in, in their fucking ring, in the fucking, they did a horrible job after the fucking fact. You, you would think he would understand that a fucking spouse does not want to be fucking bothered. And you're using her as fodder for your fucking Hall of Fame speech. So, so excuse me if I don't really believe Mark Henry will be 100% truthful on everything. Even if he might have valid fucking claims against Ahmed fucking Johnson, okay? Easy to pick on one fucking guy, okay? Let's, let's be real about that. Guys, come on, do your homework. Take a guy like Ahmed Johnson, who has never had a good thing said about him in pro wrestling by anyone. I just wanted to defend D'Lo Brown. He said that, in in, in that article, he said that D'Lo Brown was dangerous and that D'Lo Brown ended Darren Drawsdahl's career. And never spoke to him again. I speak to Darren all the time. D-Lo speaks to Darren all the time. Guys, just so you know, I'm telling you the truth. This is a bad human being. Your credibility is shot. Nobody, nobody in wrestling will say anything good about this guy. See, the fact that he he's so confident in that... Nobody in wrestling will say anything good about him. Show, it, it really actually kind of shows that everything behind the scenes is organized. So even if, let's say, for example, Ahmed Johnson stayed in WWE's good graces. Let's say he stayed in WWE's good graces, right? Let's say that uh, uh, he was protected by the fucking system on some fucking level, right? And he was still that same bad person that they're claiming he is now. I guarantee you, if he was one of Vince McMahon's fucking, uh, uh, you know, one of Vince McMahon's boys... Well, you know, one of, uh, you know, part of the good old boy network that Vince McMahon has. I'm I'm sure that what they're called, they would uh, really, really fucking protect Ahmed Johnson's fucking reputation, in my personal opinion. Okay, let's, let's be, let's just be real about that. Let's, uh, I mean, come on, like, 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 what are we doing here? I'm not saying it it, 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 it isn't true, it isn't true that he isn't. Like he he seem he he seems kind of you know, but like you know again people have always kind of attacked because they think Ahmed was a homophobe, because he didn't because he he dared he dared get got mad because he wasn't told that Goldust was gonna fucking kiss him. Um, for that angle that they did. You know you you know what I mean and and again like people are saying well that's homophobic and it's like. Maybe he doesn't want to fucking. Maybe you could have done it a different way to get that over with. But the, but again, you know, it's just what it is, really. You know. And since when did being professional, being on time, working hard, and being able to coexist with your coworkers become being a kiss ass? When? See. Uh, again, the way he describes it, obviously that's not like a kiss-ass thing to do, right? Obviously that isn't a kiss-ass thing, whatever, right? But 
Like you, but that's only Mark Henry's version of what of what he did. Like there might might be other fucking shit that can be. Again, a lot of non disclosure that you can't discuss when you know there's certain things going on. But I'm sure, I'm sure you know Ahmed has a valid point about that. Cause a lot of again, Mark always ends up showing up whenever fucking Vince McMahon's attacked by Ryback or anything like that. Let's be real. Let's, let's be real. You listen to Bust It Open? Have you listened to Bust It Open uh, lately? It, 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 it's a PR show. It's a PR show for all these companies. They limit the fucking narratives. It's become a sports entertainment show, bro. I listen I listen to it time to time. And I, I again, Tommy Dreamer is fucking cool. I don't have an issue with Tommy. He never, he, I don't think he's ever been really fucking mad. I, I mean, unless he told fucking, uh, what's his name, uh, Rob Feinstein to be the one to approach me instead of, you know, him approaching me himself to fucking come to a show. But, uh, you know, here's the thing, you know, um, Bully Ray and, uh, and, you know, I, I like, listen, man, LaGreca still follows me. I'm pretty sure he won't follow me anymore after and anyways, but like, he's still kind of peaceful with me. I think they're hoping that one day I will fucking call back in. But I don't think I, I don't think I belong on that fight. I haven't really. I, honestly, man, I I've, I've I was feeling less and less of a fan of the show after fucking you know Mortman kind of left it. You know what I mean? I try to stay positive. I even try to like, you know, like, you know, kind of keep it peaceful with Bully a little, a little bit here and there, and we would have good conversations and all that. Mark Henry would fucking treat me with respect. One time when I was kind of, uh, you know, not uh, when I was kind of being emotional over the Mauro Ranallo documentary and how I relate to the mental illness. And Mark Henry legitimately felt like, sounded like he felt bad for what I go through. And LaGreca was the one that says, but we have to, we can't take it easy on Hansi. Because he, we ha- it's kind of like he was given orders. It's basically like, like that. Because Bully Ray and them are fucking assholes, essentially. And and again, I, I don't bully Ray thinks that because like like I'm somewhere far away that like I wouldn't say this to like again like I wouldn't try to fight bully Ray at all. But like I'm I'm not scared of bully bully Ray because I know that he, if he did attack me or did confront me, he would be do he can talk. You know, him and Mark Henry could be the most intimidating guys in front of me. I know my heart of hearts that those guys would only be doing it because they've been doing it at the behest of someone of 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 other fucking higher higher ups that they have that they're not man enough to fucking confront so they have to confront the fucking guy who doesn't have any of the fucking power all right let's let's just be real about that uh uh you know because again what they're called you know bully ray what's it called uh you know he he comes from this fucking era of ecw where he thinks because he cut these vicious promos on, on fucking people that like he could fucking say like that he could fucking say shit to me, and because he's a Howard Stern mark, he'll never get on the Howard Stern show. Howard Stern's never gonna have him on, you know what I mean? They, they probably talk behind the scenes and all that kind of shit. But uh, you know, you know, H- Howard is so ashamed of being a a pretend. You know, again, this is my theory again, of being a wrestling fan that you know he wouldn't even have Bully Ray on. Like, Bully Ray couldn't even get on during the time when Howard was having wrestling guests. Not Like, he had Christy Hemi on, bro. He had Christy Hemi on on the fucking show. And, he, and Bully Ray could not get on the fucking show. 
Booker, like, you know, Booker T got on. Where, you know, again, the, 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 not that Booker T is like, you know, I'm just saying that, like, you would think that a, a New Yorker, like, B- Bubba Ray and, you know, uh, and, and, Div- you know and, and Devon would probably get, get on before Booker T, but Booker T got on. Tori Wilson, Stacey Keebler, the, they all got on before, you know. Test even, I think Test even got on. DDP even got, you know, again, Bully Ray didn't get on. And he's still fucking Howard Sternmark. And that's why he treated me like fucking shit. So, you know. And are you guys out there that's doing podcasts so thirsty and want to want somebody on your show so bad that you're taking Ahmed freaking Johnson? Guys, come on. Do your homework. I've never heard anybody say anything good about him. Okay. Not one. Oh, Not good. one time. So before you start trying to tear down D'Lo Brown, future Hall of Famer, before you tear down a guy that actually uh, was a world champion, why don't you look in the mirror? Your credibility is shot. Your slip is shot. Your credibility is shot. Okay. Who told him that the... Your, who told him that your slip is showing is a good fucking title for a segment? But by the way, I think we're gonna find out more about Mark Henry. By the way, because again, there was like a little subliminal thing that was going on with him and Sasha Banks, like you know, last year around the time that I, around the time that I started having beef with like the with Bully Ray and Mark Henry and all that type of stuff. So, you know what I mean. But 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 Mark Henry has been like yo know, he he talks. Greasy to everybody, where he's gonna threaten to fucking beat them up and all that type of stuff, and again, you, you, this is like just a, a, a two. This is like a, a less than a minute clip, less than less than two minute clip, but like there's more. I heard the I heard the entire rant, and he's basically t- he's also threatening Ryback as well. It's like, dude, why did you threaten the guy that fucking that fucking booked you like shit for most of your career? You know, again, like, you know what I mean? Again, Hall of Pain run, legendary, all right? Uh, the fake retirement, legendary. I get it. I've, again, I've been a fucking fan of Mark Henry with the call when Pete, when it wasn't cool to be a fucking fan of Mark Henry, all right? I, I, even though I fucking hate Bully Ray, I still give him props for entertaining me as a fucking teenager, I thought you know again. I I praise them a fucking lot. I, that's one thing about me. I I don't just suddenly change up and say, well, I I don't I don't like that. I'll point out fucking you know shitty parts of your career if you really want me to fucking go that route. But um you know, but then you can point you can you you put me down and you put my. That's why I I don't even like when the, these guys they get on about the trolls online. It's like, cause, cause like they have to be being transparent about this, right? Like it has to be some type of irony where they're the ones who are also part of that fucking, that whole thing. Like it like that, like it like that. Ooh, sorry. I don't know what I'm seeing. I keep seeing that Billie Eilish fucking commercial for her fucking Apple TV movie or something. You know what I mean? And I, 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 it, it just seems like, you know. I'll be back in one second. Let me I gotta go to the bathroom. Take a piss.
Hold up. So, uh, judging by that clip, you can probably guess what, you know, next story I'm going to talk about, I guess. I mean, listen, I, I, I don't, I, listen, I never really had much fucking attachment to Pepe La fucking Pew. So maybe that's why I don't really give a fuck about that story. It, it just, it just feels, I said it on Twitter, it feels like all these ironic bits that people would do, that comedians would do back in like, you know, 15, 20 years ago, or you know what I mean, like even from like, from like 2000s and all that. Stuff that we would go, oh yeah, that is kind of ironic. You know what I mean? Like it's it's uh, you know, training people. You know what I mean? Like it's kind of ironic. You laugh at it, kind of acknowledge that it's kind of true to it, and you kind of just move on. So it feels like now in the in this modern time now, like for the last couple of years, we've seen people take something that could have just been in a stand up act, as like kind of like a joke, like you know, goofing on like. Uh, what was that song that like everybody was uh t- like, that song that goes oh it, it kind of implies rape or something like that I forget what it was, it was like a couple of years ago I know that they, they tried canceling Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer see like these type of things would have been good like as, as if Chappelle did them as like a comedy bit but they're taking all these comedy bits now. And now they're putting like, pretend or oh, what could be comedy bits, but what you would assume back in like two thousand or like ninety ninety eight would be a comedy bit, and they're basically now making them think pieces, and it's like you know it's like comedians are like right again, and there's valid reason to kind of see again. This is why I hate when people like you know act like entertainment can't influence people. Like if you're gonna look at fucking some of the Netflix shit, and talk about how that's impressionable. About like you know what about ch- children twerking and all that kind of stuff, right? Then why would people on the right be getting fucking mad? And uh, uh, wh- why would people on the right be getting mad because people are kind of now realizing that maybe the Pepe Le Pew character was kind of like normalizing, you know, kind of again. It's been my it's been my whole it's, it's been that whole trope that I, I talked about in, in wrestling that like you see it so many times you don't and you see it getting cheered it's cheered. That, like, you don't think there's anything wrong with that for a dumb... Like, I'm sure, like, if you're a smart person, you'd probably see that. But if you're a dumbed-down person who just kind of sees what, like, you know, monkey see, monkey do type deal, you you kind of, like, do get normalized to that kind of shit. You know what I mean? Like, I can fully admit that me being dumbed down and never wanting to actually use my brain... It's my own fault, by the way, for not wanting to think. I would just kind of let other people, whether it be people around me, people at my school, people who I hung out with, um, television, music, I would let it kind of influence me because I'm like, I got to follow, I got to go. I, and Charlemagne was even talking about it on his on his podcast, where it's like everybody wanted to kind of hit harder 
with some of the edgy shit because you're, you you grew you grew up on 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 Stern and, and and a lot of the rap that you listen to where all these rappers are talking a lot of fucking disrespectful shit and you kind of go okay well if this is like the bar that you you set for everyone then it means that we that no matter what anyone says how wrong it is and how it could fucking you know like it, it you you won't feel good afterwards you're like I have to fucking go this route I have to be edgy like I if I want to fucking be considered real i gotta do that right so like like they they do plant these fucking things with pepe Le Pew. like if you're okay listen man I, listen, is it ridiculous to like obsess over a fucking cartoon cool okay fine fair point but like the people who are getting mad about pepe Le Pew is like were you even thinking about pepe Le Pew, um like a week ago or two weeks ago or even like a like 12 hours ago before like the story even fucking became a big fucking deal it's like you know what I mean. You can basically you can basically just say, "Hey, I, we're we're gonna cancel fucking uh, we're, we're we're gonna cancel Smarties." The the, the, the I mean you know, I mean listen, they're Nestle, right? So I mean yeah, but I mean listen, everyone wants to cancel Nestle, and for good reason too. I, I'm, I again, this is what this is how thinking uh, on your feet, try to improv, is not really helpful for me. You know what I mean? Especially when you haven't gotten any sleep. And you're trying to kind of be entertaining a little bit. But no one's really entertained by anything that I say. Let's be real, right? You know. But Pepe Le Pew, I mean, listen, man. Like, you know, again, like, I, I didn't even know what Pe- I didn't even know what Pepe... I had to see how it looked like. I'm like, oh, yeah, I saw that on Tiny, on, on Looney Tunes and all that type of shit. I seen that fucking cat, you know what I mean? But, yeah, like, it, it's interesting because, like, there's a lot of things that they kind of, kind of, they kind of program you with. With, like, the racial shit and all that, like, how they would make, like, you know, uh, some of, like, you know, like, some of, like, you know, like, the, 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 the apes in in those in those things like sound like black people and all that kind of stuff like you know what i mean like there's always that subliminal thing where like you're like oh, okay well cartoons doing it so i mean how how racist could it really be cuz we stand we claim to stand up to racism cuz like, they'll choose one big fucking incident to call out but we'll normalize a whole bunch of shit and then you raised people into thinking this fucking ignorant shit you know it, it's just what it is man Again, I, 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 I don't, I don't, I don't fucking know, man. I, I, I don't have the fucking answers. Uh, again, I, I mean, I mean, maybe it's symbolism to kind of go, oh, look, this is what we're kind of, uh, this is what we're kind of erasing, but they're making it seem like this is like really, really fucking odd, you know? Let's see what uh, people on Twitter were saying about it. Um... You see, Z Squirrel wrote something really, really good. She goes, New York Times reporters are giving Pepe Le Pew a harder time than they did Biden, even though he's an actual rapist. Here's an article describing Biden being rapey from 2008. And then she puts, like, liberals united to cover for Biden. Now they're backed for cosplaying as hyper-concerned activists against rape culture, looking at every cultural object to find what is beyond the pale? Fuck off. You gave that up when you decided to be a rape apologist for political purposes. 
and then she puts see this thread for more details on Biden being incredibly accused rapist and serial. And by the way, that takes me to Bill Maher because, you know, I mean, for, you know, I, I Charlotte, you know, I gotta give Charlemagne props. I know, like, people think you know he he he's kind of problematic, you know, he's kind of coming across like a like like some kind of villain at sometimes, but like lately he has kind of been you know saying some truthful shit. And first of all, he was on Bill Maher's show, and I, I forget who the other fucking idiot was that was on uh, while he was on, but they're talking about reparations, which I fucking support. Do I know, like, everything of how it should be handled? Because, again, like, I've had discussions whenever, like, you know, some people who lean right, I, I'll say, like, yeah, I think black people deserve reparations. They'll get, like, oh, how's it, how's it supposed to be done? How's it supposed to be done? You know, what are you, you, you're going to give them all a check. You know what I mean? I mean, like, there's other fucking alternative that people have researched and are able to kind of tell you how, again, like, it's it's not like everyone's going to get a check. Like, it's just like a, a, you build a system where, like, you know, again, I, I don't know all of it. I don't know who's kind of, who, who would be considered for it because, like, you know, there's even a whole argument with Ada, with, uh, you know, um, African descendants of slaves and other other people, you know, like, you know what I mean? So I don't know, like, you, you should listen to black people about, about, about some, about, about the fucking reparations thing but i i think it's i i mean me personally i think it's important to support it and you know bill maher and the other guy looked kind of fucking nervous about it when Charlemagne was kind of like you know uh, going well you like, like this world like this uh, this country is like already a trillion in debt so why you guys fucking care where like other fucking money like you know where other money fucking goes really you know what i mean but like the other thing was that Charlemagne said that he believed tara reed and Bill Maher, even though he he believes the Andrew Cuomo, which by definition kind of like I'm not saying what Cuomo did was right or anything like that. I'm saying by comparison to what Biden is accused of, like his seems kind of tame. Like you know, I'm not saying that, you, that that there's no valid complaints because the guy who's with power, who's trying to hit on you and trying to fucking put you in a relationship, kind of, you know what I mean? Like, I'm wondering if there'll be more fucking, you know, like, I wonder if there'll be more people that come out with worse stories, and this is just, like, the fucking, you know, this is a snowball effect right now where, you know, everybody is just kind of, uh, where everyone is just kind of, uh, uh, you know, getting on, uh, where everyone is, uh, kind of, uh, uh, what is it? Where where everyone's just kind of uh, you know, coming out coming out of the woodwork with their story, where it's kind of planned out, and then people are gonna be questioning the women, why did you come out sooner? And that becomes like the worst question you can ask somebody who's dealing with this shit. At least by like again, even though those valid questions of like, yeah, how come this didn't come out sooner, right? But I think when the media when the, when the media when like the media and the gatekeepers, they try to act like that's so offensive to ask. It's not because they actually care about the, the the person that was you know assaulted or you know harassed or whatever. It's it, if they, if they had to really answer it, it would expose them in some type of way. It would expose them in the in the matter of uh, um, it would expose them in the matter of like if we asked valid questions about why the media didn't report on this like five years ago or six years ago, it would show that the media wasn't ready to cover it until they were ready to profit off it. 
So like they do that with like the with the with the you know with the transparent intent to kind of protect the woman, uh, who who's who's accusing who's accusing the powerful man of doing this. But it's more to cover their ass because this could have. I guarantee you that some of these women probably. It's always been reported. Some of these, it's always been reported that like on different occasions that some of these women have kind of gone to the gone to the authorities or try to reach out to the media, and then they get kind of uh, you know shoved to the side until it becomes uh, kind. It becomes uh, it becomes uh, you know news until it's easy to profit off of. That's when they start caring. They don't actually care on a moral level. They never will care on a moral fucking level. Let me find. Let me see if I can find the Bill Maher fucking. You know, B- B- Bill Maher. Hold on a second. Bill Maher. Uh, and and honestly, I'm sorry again with Bill Maher with how he fucking went about saying that he does he flat out doesn't believe what Tara Reid is saying and all that type of stuff. It's like he's purposely putting out these fucking bad takes so that he eventually does get canceled. And then he can become a martyr from it. It's it's gonna be really awkward when you see Bill Maher fucking you know show up at Skankfest, you know next year or something like that, you know, and then and then all of a sudden like Legion of Skanks will fucking you know think that uh, Bill Maher is this martyr as well, and he he'll be he he'll be doing the he'll be doing the alt right circuit. He'll be doing that fucking you know circuit. Um, let me see, hold on. Let me see if I can. F- Hopefully somebody fucking put it there. Hold on, let me see. Uh, um, trying to, trying to. New rule. I forget what it, I. I mean, listen, man. I, I guess no one posted the clip. I thought, like, you know, it, it wasn't really the, the the talk of the fucking town. You know, I thought again. I guess maybe people are just. Uh, hold on, let me see. Oh, by the way, the other guy was Frank Frank Booney. Frank Bruni. That's who the other guy was. You know, and then and then people were fucking you know mad about fucking. Uh, I mean, for good reason, by the way, for good for, for good for good reason. Um, let me okay. You know what? Let me talk about uh, Drake's new singles. By the way, he released uh, an EP, "Scary Hours 2. It has three songs uh, called. Uh, uh, what are the songs called? I, I know I know the Rick Ross song is called Lemon uh, Lemon Pepper Freestyle. Uh, and he actually spits on the fucking song. Like, I mean, I, I'm not saying like it was like the most fucking you know uh, uh, you know oh my god these bars are fucking out of control, but it's nice to see that Drake's motivated, and it seems like by some of the fucking songs, at least the one that he dropped the video for, was about like you know again like kind of like. Showing off that he's like a fucking king. He's a fucking huge businessman now. Keep his name out of the comments. I mean, keeping him out of the rumors. He takes a shot at uh, Kanye by saying he should hook up with Yeezy and find Jesus or something like that. I, I, I wonder if Eminem, if Eminem's line towards him in his song kind of got at, got to him about, you know, being 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 kind of hated. So it feels like... 
it, it, it kind of feels like somebody who's kind of been a champion for so long in the industry that he's coming back now to defend his title, even though people have been kind of, you know, on and off of the. See, I've been on and off of this project too. Like, one minute I'm like, ah, you know what? Maybe this kind of grew on me. Maybe you know what I mean. Maybe, maybe, uh, you know, layer like the 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 the, the one of what was it the uh, the one where he's sitting on the CN Tower. Maybe that album isn't as bad. You know, I did like God's Plan. I, I remember I did like God's Plan. Uh, you know, the, 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 that album, that album, whatever, right? I did, I did like that. I did like that album where God's plan was. Is, is God's is God's plan like the album or is it the song? I do. I can't keep up with all this fucking shit anymore, man. I can't remember everything. But he had a song with little baby. Uh, uh, you know what I mean? And uh, yeah, dude, I I I liked the uh, the video too, man. You know what I mean? I, Champagne Sharks had a a really good tweet saying that. Wait, let me find, let me try to find that one. It, it was a, it was a really really good tweet. I think I think it's funny, but I I still like the single. He sounded like very very hungry. He sounded as hungry as me. Fucking you know. Uh, uh, during something when I'm hungry, uh, you, you you choose your own adventure of what reference you want to make of when of when uh, of different times when Hansy was hungry. I you know, I, I shouldn't even be I shouldn't even be trying this. Uh, uh, hold on. Trying to find the. Uh... By the way, Bad News Brown yesterday. Yesterday it would be. Uh, fourteen, I think fourteen years, since Bad News Brown died, and I, I and and I was watching you know him on Arsenio Hall, and I you know, I, you know what man I I, I back then because I, I didn't really watch late night television or like maybe I didn't get all the jokes and all that. But looking back, man, Arsenio Hall had a lot of wrestlers on, and what I liked about like, again, you know, I know, I know, it's it's, a, it's not like unusual because people are you know always on different talk shows now all the time, right? But what I really appreciate about Arsenio Hall is that, like, as somebody who's a fan of comedy, he's able to stay true to his comedy shit, but he also kind of keeps the kayfabe alive. You know what I mean? And I again like him and uh, Bad News Brown kind of like exchanging shit talk was kind of fucking awesome. Like like the interview where he's like he's not sitting down, and Arsenio basically tells him to like like you know like well, he's he's basically telling Arsenio Hall in Harlem this is what happened in Harlem this is what happened in Harlem and he's sta for like for at least for three or four minutes he's standing up and then then Arsenio goes okay well you know. Do they have chair? Do they have couches in Harlem? Because you know you're standing. You know what I mean. And then the way that you know, the crowd reacts to it, it just dude. There's something really, really fucking. There's only one other fucking person that I can feel that that was good with a talk show host that was good with interacting with the wrestlers and sometimes trying to keep in with the kayfabe to some extent. And that's Conan. You know what I mean? Like I, I can watch Conan interviews with like different wrestlers. Like him and Miz had good interaction. You know what I mean? F you know what I mean? A lot of the stuff in the in the early 
2000s and the in uh, the 90s as well. You know what I mean? Like, I thought it was. I just, I just think it's an underrated thing, and I wish that kind of shit could be done without it looking like it's overproduced kind of way. You know what I mean? Like it just felt fucking. It just felt natural. So I kind of, I kind of dug that. I kind of dug that, man. Uh, well, trying to look for the fucking. Uh, Oh, by the way, yo, uh, uh, Rob, Robbie Martin had a couple of good tweets that I fucking saw that, uh, like, he he had a good one about, uh, about, after getting everybody to hate Chinese people, the right-wing psychos don't know how to talk about all Asian-American hate crimes in the Bay Area unless they mention how it's not white supremacy since some of the suspects are black. Being a human pretzel must be weird. The entire right-wing media sphere or, uh, ignored any instance of hate crimes and violence on Asian Americans for a year, while simultaneously, fiercely pumping out xenophobia that caused a string of real hate crimes against Asian people across the country. Now there's a few surveillance tapes showing some suspects to be black. The right-wing media sphere has started covering again with the knockout game framing pretty horrifying and obvious how this stuff rolls out just an example of what i'm talking about look at this shit framed there was a rising trend of hate crimes against asian americans while the right said absolutely nothing for an entire fucking year yeah see this is good see, see this, this, this is a good one right here man you know let me save this one here for later. Um, uh, hold on. And then, what, what, what was the other, what was the other thing? Uh. Yeah, see, this is another good tweet that I, I really liked by him. Sometimes when, like, you know, I like, I like sometimes I, I might not even kind of, not, not like, I'm too kind of, I'm too dumb sometimes, right? Sometimes I don't know who all the guys that Robbie Martin names, like, he'll name, like, all these guys that are kind of associated with think tanks, and like it's hard to keep up with the fucking names and what what exactly have they done and all that kind of stuff. So sometimes it's just really hard, and I just kind of throw my hands in the air like, oh my god, I don't know what the fuck is going on. I'm too stupid to even like try to be someone who's like kind of on the left, like uh, who the left is kind of. But they go the right wing, quick cookie cutter think tank anti woke grifters have hijacked the internet censorship debate to such an enormous degree, intentionally and strategically, that they have actually heavily accelerated the goals and timeline of Silicon Valley internet censors. How could this be if people like Ted Cruz is constantly railing against big tech, you say? Simple, they've intentionally framed the debate through a partisan lens instead of a free speech, free expression lens. This creates um, a desire, uh, you know, hold on. Uh, let me copy this one, uh, bookmark, hold on, let me see, uh, uh, again, um, free, sp free speech, fr speech, free expression lens, this creates the desired intended knee-jerk response from Dems, I would wager that if we were able to follow the money, some of the people railing against big tech, the loudest now are actually being funded by Silicon Valley, 
their fight against big tech is as real as heel as a heel in pro wrestling. I always love when guys who don't really watch wrestling, like I know that like, you know, uh Trevor from Champagne Shark doesn't really watch wrestling too often, and Robbie doesn't really watch wrestling too often. He doesn't talk about it. But then I guess to like make it easier for like dummies like me, they will incorporate the fucking you know, the you know heel. I I I I'm always a sucker for what intellectuals can kind of incorporate fucking wrestling into their shit. Really, you know, you know. Just, just, hey, Robbie, if you're listening, bro, just add a couple of deep cuts, you know what I mean? Just kind of, if, if you need some examples of, like, you know, uh, a heel shit going down, you know what I mean? You can ask me, you can ask Leslie Lee, you know what I mean? You can, no, I think we ought to examine why Jack Dorsey desired to and arranged a public debate between himself and right-wing grifter Tim Poole on the Joe Rogan show. This framing had... Uh, in my, my opinion, the desired ripple effect, a partisan grudge match that ultimately leads to more overall censorship. Yeah, man, I mean, listen, I, I kind of I, I kind of agree with that, man. I I'm not going to lie to you. You know, let me see. Um, uh, let me see. Let me move the... So then when I save bookmarks on here, I fucking have, uh, uh, oh, shit, no, uh, yeah, so, I mean, yeah, so the, the, that was what happened with that, you know, again, and, and again, I mentioned the Drake thing, you know, the, but, but yeah, it's like, I forgot I made a 10, I was trying to find the Champagne Shark fucking tweet, uh, hold on, uh, Uh, hold on, uh. Where is the fucking tweet? I mean, it's not, it's not, I mean, listen, I, I just found it hilarious. Hold on, let me see. Uh, hold on. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, this is what what Trevor from Champagne Shark, Ricky Rawls, said. Drake is like the Zuckerberg of rap. He makes being rich and famous seems as boring as basic as your own life, just more expensive. <laughs> yes, that's a good one, man. He goes, I like when, J- like when Kiss said his bathtub lift up and his walls do a 360. That's a great rich guy fantasy. Just way out there ridiculous. Drake's brags are just... Because every t- every guy's 20s, but with a bigger price tag. <laughs> oh, that's fucking good. It is kind of true, man. He, he does seem like a... I mean, the thing is, is that even though Drake uh, makes it sound like it's boring, there's probably a lot more excitement in, in Drake's thing. He just he does, he doesn't want to brag. I guess he wants to brag to an extent, but he doesn't want to brag about, like, you know, getting his dick sucked by fucking, you know, aliens on a fucking spaceship where he just makes a fucking random, you know, trip to trip that he can because he, he can afford that. He can afford to hang out with the elites and make that kind of shit. But yeah, see, that's, that's a good fucking tweet, man. That's a good fucking tweet. By the way, yo, Leslie Lee, he, this guy Leslie Lee, right, uh, from Struggle Session, he does, like, Twitch streams every Saturday. He did, Well, they, they do Twitch streams for other stuff, too, all the time. 
I, I wish I, I wish like you know um you know sometimes when he's doing it I'm catching up on other stuff so I don't have time I I don't I never really have time to call in I I did want to call in I like how he has like the gimmick of the the WCW hotline you know what I mean like I, I like I, I dig that um to me to me it's like uh, uh he was watching ECW um ninety eight something in ninety eight I forget what event and it was a one where uh, where like where uh, Bam Bam Bigelow fought um, Taz, and they go through the stage, you know where he does it, where where Taz does a DDT to Bam Bam Bigelow this time, instead of Bam Bigelow falling on him like in the build up to the match, you know, um, yeah, uh, you know, uh, hold on a second, uh, let me see what else there is. Oh yeah, I guess JT from City Girls, like she's been becoming more of a character on, uh, you know, online as a sports entertainer. I think her and Asian Doll had a fucking beef about Asian Dolls complaining about not being on the verse for Megan The Stallion, and then you know her and little Uzi Vert are going out, so now everyone thinks they're cringy couple. I think she's like a very beautiful woman. You know what I mean? I I kind of dig some of the music they do. I'm not like you know the, I'm I'm not like a big uh you know I'm not like the number one fan or anything like that. But I think she's like decent for you know for for whatever you know what I mean. And she's very beautiful. But I guess like she kind of goes on these cussing. It's like it seems like every celebrity is like taking my fucking steez from like two thousand, two thousand nine, two thousand ten, where I felt like I was like one of the only quote unquote celebrities. You know, that was kind of like going on these, like, you know, nonstop rants. I think it was me and Tila Tequila. Uh, you know. Um, yeah, no, but so, yeah, so apparently, like, I, I mean, listen, I was laughing at this, but, like, it's, like, not because of the person who what was feeling slighted. Just, like, the whole ridiculousness of the whole fucking situation is that she was going off about something, and then somebody wrote... Hey, um, I'm dying of like I'm I'm I've been I've been I've been keeping you in my spirits. You keep me alive. Um, you you go you you said you would DM me to kind of talk to me about my cancer. Goes, can you give me a five minute Skype uh, uh FaceTime session? And I think that's such a weird. Listen, man, I'm I'm not saying that it isn't sad, and you know what I mean. But you kind of just put her on the spot. Now I'm wondering, what does this represent? Does it represent that that because again. She said that she thought that the the woman was DMing her Instagram. She thought it was a fake person or something like that, right? She I guess it was one of the things she was ranting about. So does it represent that like this fan might be lying or just expecting too much from this person, or is it just supposed to be that that like you know it's it's supposed to just be that JT from City Girls is kind of an asshole because she blocked the person afterwards and then she deleted her account. So like now I'm wondering like okay uh you know is like 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 what does this fucking like what does this fucking mean like again like you could just look at a situation and go well no she's a heel but I'm wondering like do the higher ups put JT in that position you know what I mean because then people are gonna generally go oh look what you're doing to to this um um you know this this black woman about uh you know kind of like pushing her off the internet but then people are gonna be like well she she blocked somebody with cancer. Or something like that. You know what I mean? Like me personally, if some if if I had a fan that had cancer, and he wanted to talk to he or she wanted to talk to me, 
I would kind of oblige, but at the same time, I'd be wondering, again, with online scammers, what the fuck is going on, right? Because, again, like, you know, I mean, listen, man, you know, I I don't know. I just thought it was, like, really, really, I just just thought the whole fucking thing was ridiculous, that she ended up blocking some, you know how people just post screenshots of shit? Like, that's what it makes, that's what makes it fucking even more hilarious in a way, you know what I mean? Not that she rejected somebody with cancer, it's just, it's just, it's just so fucking, like, this, like, this is the storyline that they came up with, this is, like, the fucking Illuminati meeting, like, okay, you're gonna reject somebody, like, that's, that's massive heel heat, man, that's 80s fucking heel heat right there in professional wrestling and shit, I don't know. Um, what else did I have to say? Um, uh, we're talking about Bill Moore. Okay, here are the here are the Democrats that decided that uh the fifteen dollar that they didn't want to include the fifteen minute minimum dollar wage in the COVID relief bill, which has already the COVID relief bill has been passed. And I'll get into that, but these uh, people were going nuts about some of the fucking fifteen, you know, the, the fifteen dollar, fifteen dollar minimum wage. Rightfully so, by the way. You know what I mean? Like that. There's no reason. But the again, you 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 expect Republicans to kind of be those kind of people, obviously, right? Not the fucking Democrats who you know apparently you know people just don't want to admit that you know maybe you financially fucking benefited off of trying to get people to fucking you know vote for him, and then none of you fucking really give a shit, and you'll be like, what 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 do you think presidents do? They bomb people. It's like okay, so then maybe then don't shame people for not fucking uh, for for not voting, or at least you know what? If you're gonna kind of always shake your head. When people say, oh, the Republicans and Democrats are the same thing. And you get really offended by it, like, no, they are not. Like, you get really offended by it. Then maybe explain the fucking real rules of why there's uh, there's layers to this. And explain, maybe. Maybe people will understand why they gotta suffer a little longer. Because, you, because everyone that's fucking securing the fucking bag doesn't want to fucking admit that on the surface, transparently, these guys are fucking playing with people's lives. And when you push people to that level, man, that's what fucking... I, I mean, listen, you know, but here are the fucking Democrats that you can thank for not, uh, you know, uh, 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 what's her name, uh, Kristen Cinema, who's like, who feels like, you know, she, she, you know how I've been saying comedians have been fucking writing these fucking characters? She feels straight out of someone that was, she feels someone that was written by fucking Tina Fey. Essentially, you know. Uh, Joe Manchin. Angus King. Tom Carper. Chris Coons. John Tester. Joanne Shaheen. Maggie Hassan. Those are the fucking Democrats that fucking didn't vote. Who voted no for it. You know what I mean? But I guess they're gonna make Kristen Cinema a fucking, uh, a fucking sports entertainment character. You know what I mean? Uh, just trying to. Uh, yeah. 
you know, so yeah, so then, uh, and the, so then the COVID relief bill, uh, let me see what the COVID relief bill, again, let me look at what it, it entails, hold on, let me look at what it entails, COVID, let me see, so someone had it jotted down, uh, what it, what it entails, Uh, hold on a second. Um, where the f- There's somebody that, that 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 wrote down what's in the COVID relief bill. Um, well, let me see if this has it right here. Um, So like, but but basically the fucking uh the, the Republicans are now do fear mongering, about illegal immigrants and other fucking people who don't deserve it are gonna get your money, and again because you know Republic I always feel like Republicans on some level, will say some truth but they'll twist it into their racist shit, but if there's warring factions going on, maybe some of these people are you know again you know how how I think that. On an elite level, some of these grassroots movements are being kind of funded. And that doesn't mean that they're evil or anything like that. I'm just saying that transparently, they're supposed to be the fucking villains. Well, you know, I'm trying to find what's fucking given, man. Hold on, let me see. Um, hold on, let me see. Okay, so this guy Don Don Winslow said there was not even one Republican who supported this historic COVID bill relief, but passed the Senate. Fourteen fourteen hundred dollar relief checks for millions of Americans, three hundred fifty billion for cities and states, one hundred thirty billion for schools, three hundred per week with unemployment benefits until September. I mean, this sounds good, but I'm sure there'll be somebody that'll tell you why it's not. I'm sure Jimmy Dore... And again, I'm not saying that he would be wrong or anything. I'm just saying that sometimes you're like, oh, shit, they passed, like, you know, pretty... You know, I think the check should have been way more for, for some of the, you know... Um, hold on, let me see. Um, let me see... Uh, Yeah, so so basically, by uh, you know Ted Cruz and all these guys, Tom Cotton, they're like basically listen. If there if there's a war, if there's like a faction war going on, and there's more spiritually going on behind the scenes and all that kind of shit, you know maybe all this fucking stuff that's you know being kind of okayed, maybe it's like to maybe it's kind of to prepare for what's to come if there's a big fucking civil war coming out. You know what I mean? In my personal opinion, I mean, again, I could be, I could be completely fucking wrong, but we don't live in a a regular world as much as everyone wants to pretend. You know, that's just my fucking opinion, and I, again, I have no fucking facts to back what I'm saying up. So don't listen to what I'm saying, and go listen to the experts. 
Because I'm sure they'll lead you to the right place. I'm not trying to, like, incite anything. But, you know, it's just, you know, that's just the way, that's the way it is, really, you know. How, at least how I think about it. And, like, and, and now, like, you know, you know how they say that Jank from Young Turks? You know, the Young Turks in general have to be, like, heels, kind of. Where they'll get fucking, like, they'll kind of shit on Jimmy Dore for being too mean and all that type of... I, I don't mind him being mean. He's just, like... I, I The thing I hate about Jimmy Dore is that, like, he's, like... Okay, he's right about stuff that he's saying, but I don't think he's always being completely honest about what goes on behind the fucking scenes. Even though I do think he's a good-faith actor with trying to get shit fucking going, right? Part of me is fearing that, like, because he kind of... You know, he's with the Glenn Greenwald, and he goes on Tucker Carlson, and, and then they both never really chastise Tucker as much, and they'll say, you know what I mean? Like, you know, you thought Jimmy Dore interviewing a Boogaloo boy was fucking horrible, but then, you know, you got Glenn Greenwald calling Steve Bannon and fucking, uh, and, you know, uh, and, uh, and, uh, who, who else was it? Ben, no, the Ben Shapiro, who else? Barry, what was it? Steve Ban Tucker Carlson, sorry, Tucker Carlson, yeah, I mentioned him already, but I, I don't know, I forgot about that, but, um, but yeah, no, it's, it's, it's fucking weird that, uh, that, like, you know, they'll praise these, and I wonder if, like, that's part of the propaganda that they gotta do to, to keep going, you know what I mean, like, it's like, once you become big and you have one truthful fucking thing that you're saying, then you gotta kind of discredit yourself a little bit, right? So, like, so, like, Jenks always been kind of giving Jimmy Dore, you know, shit, like, with, 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 like, some of the subliminal shots and all that kind of shit. Now, Jank, you know, when, when, you know when Jank does one of those, like, videos, those live videos, recording that he does, and the thumbnail's always, like, some really, really concerned fucking, you know, face? Right? So, he's basically kind of going buck at some of the fucking, you know, the fucking squad or... The fucking Democrats. He almost says force the vote, but he stops himself. Jimmy Dore, like, actually put, like, the hour takedown of Jank's fucking thing. And I thought it was actually pretty funny. And I guess, like, Jank, like, I guess Jank and them are going to be people that will kind of chastise fucking lesser established people uh, who, who kind of, like, you know, who kind of yell and don't give the message properly that they would like. And then later on, when the Democrats disappoint you, then it's okay for Jenk to go and say the stuff that Jimmy Dore was essentially saying. You know what I mean? And, and then the thing is, Jimmy Dore's going to build himself as a martyr now because of it. He, like, he gets like really, really cocky about it, you know what I mean? I, I guess you celebrate your heart out, you know what I mean? Go, go do what you got to do, bro. Um, you know... You know, it just, it, it is what it is, man. Oh, and here's another th fucking thing that, you know, it's called, it's kind of like, you know, when, uh, it's kind of like, you know, it, knowing an underground, you know, a song before it becomes mainstream, and you're kind of like, you know, singing the tune of this fucking, you know, this of this theory, or this song, whatever, and then, and then they, it finally becomes mainstream, because anyone with a brain could fucking see that this was a possibility, but... Apparently, Proud Boys had a connection with the fucking White House before the fucking election. Some of them even had a connection with Roger Stone and all that kind of shit. So it just feels like the more and more 
that we're we're fucking you know uncovering shit as uh, at at the pace that the Democrats and the establishment want to uncover it. It feels by a time we really really discover some revelation that's gonna fucking you know be earth shattering. It feels like you know the climax of it is gonna be, uh, you know something bad's gonna fucking happen, and it feels like with uh, with people mocking fucking QAnon and all them people about these dates, like you're I, again, like you can. I'm not saying I agree with QAnon and all that. I'm just saying that like 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 you're taunting these guys, and then it's gonna look fucking stupid when something really really bad fucking happens. And that's what I'm a fucking afraid. I think they're like letting us think that the guard is down. These guys are getting caught. It seems like everything is not fucking working out in 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 uh, on their behalf. So what are you gonna fucking do now, right? That's what that's what it feels like to me, essentially. That's what it feels like to me. You know. You know. I I don't know. It, just, it, it doesn't, I, I just really think there's, there's something dark coming out, man. And, er, and every day, you know, I, I, I feel like I can just sense something fucking happening. Like, you know what I mean? Just, just my, it's just like there's something mentally going on where I can just sense bad energy. I'm not saying, you know, I'm right. Never that right. You can't say that Hansi's right. Are you fucking crazy? Everyone only likes me when I'm just a crazy ass dude. But when I want to become, you know, again, I, again, I, I don't do myself any fucking favors. You know, I just come on here and record stupid podcasts that can't even, you know, break fucking like twenty listens. On a, you know, I'm just. But again, like you know, I, I, I feel I feel a lot more comfortable doing these podcasts more than, you know, going on Periscope and. You know, just it's every every time I'm like, hey, I just want to go on and shoot the shit with some people. Like, you know, that guy Taze that's been on the podcast a couple of times. Trolls will come in, try to, like, you know, start some shit. And he's good with blocking the trolls because he blocks, like, everyone. Like, if you're not talking, he might block you and all that type of stuff. So I wonder what the fuck, you know, again, like, the you know. But some people come in and they just start trolling me. It's like, okay, bro, like... Like, they really want to lure me into drama before the Periscope shit ends. And it feels like it's getting more and more ag- aggressive, and maybe that's the point of it. But, like, if that's the case, then, like, it's like I, I don't really want to be on that app. Even if it means that I, I, I don't have to talk to people that I really do like, you know what I mean? Like, I, I really do like chilling with some of them. So now I don't know whoever... Again, I, I have to watch out what circles some people chill in, because sometimes... You know, you got you to keep an eye on some of the people that are that might be harassing you, who might, might be responsible. And again, like people might think that's just busting balls, but a lot of these people, you know, they've they've literally tried to fucking get, like, you know, push me to fucking suicide, and then they dismiss it and act like my fucking concerns aren't fucking valid because it doesn't, it's not convenient for them because they want to be forgiven for what they have done, but they don't want to admit what they have done to me. They don't ever want to take any... And the thing, I can say this many times. They'll think about it for a second. Maybe they'll feel bad for like a millisecond. But then they'll go back. They'll go back. Because again, there's, there's more unity in fucking hating me. 
there's more unity in fucking trying to fuck with my mental illness that everybody fucking, you know, hates. There's more money in that because they have all been become, you know, raised by the stern show fucking element of, uh, of how to fucking, you know, uh, you know, uh, the stern show element of how to bust balls and create drama. And it's kind of getting sickening, man. It's, it's really, really getting sickening. But, like, yeah, this whole Proud Boy shit, man. It's just fucking nuts. Let me see if I can find more about the Proud Boy shit. Um, yes. So, yeah, the, so I guess the, the example that the right, the, that the right wing are using now, the, the example that the right wing are using is going to be, uh, the fucking, the Boston, the, the Boston bomber guy. And the thing is, I've always been unsure about the whole Boston bomber shit. Like, I've always been very, very unsure about, um, whenever somebody is like, because again, like, they, they, whenever these shoot I would think these things are planned out. So the fact that there was a whole shootout that went on, and then they, they said they got him in the throat where he couldn't talk, but then he was fine perfectly afterwards with, like, the throat, right? I just, you know, again, like, I never really believed some of the fucking official narratives of this shit. I don't know if the guy was MK Ultra, if he was framed... Uh, you know what I mean? You don't know who he was fucking working with. But that, no, I guess that guy's name is, seems to be <laughs> popping up for a lot of fucking shit. You know? It seems like a lot of people are fucking just, you know. I'm just trying to shake. Shake it off. Shake it off. Try to shake the fucking uh, phone to undo some of the fucking things that I was wanting to talk about. I think that was it. Pepe the Pew. I don't know. That's, that's all I really got. <laughs> Yo, before I before I go, I I don't know if any there's anything else I need to talk about. There was something about um, something that was posted on Reddit. I thought it was cool. I want to play a little bit of it right now. Um, uh, hold on, uh, hold on a second. Uh, let me see. Uh, let me see. Um, Put fake food. Rick. Rude. Somebody posted this from 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 Instagram. It's from uh. Um. Marky underscore wrestling. But yeah, this is a uh, Dudley Boys chastising this woman for not standing up during the Rick Rude tribute at the beginning of the fucking show. 
And, I, and it's, like, it's one thing if she interrupted the fucking show, but if she didn't really feel like standing up, I don't think that's really disrespectful, but maybe there was more to it. And by the way, I'm not trying to cancel Bully Ray or anything. I'm just, I'm just thinking this is actually a really good promo. But it also feels like a way overreaction if it was just her not wanting to stand up, okay? A little earlier tonight, everybody in that locker room came out here and they paid respect to one of the greatest heels that ever stepped foot in the ring. And as much as I didn't think it was possible, every single one of you people showed that man the respect that he deserved. Except for one person, Okay, hold yeah. It's 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 in it's like in six parts, and they're all a minute. They're each a minute long. So if it stops in the middle, you know what I mean. I'm just trying to go to the next clip. Hold on part of this show or anything like that, you're wrong. This is goddamn real life. You claim to be a wrestling fan, you buy a front row ticket, and then you sit on your fat fucking ass while we're trying to pay respect? That's kind of an over... Next clip, let's go. Jesus Christ, man. I swear to my mother's life, if I ever see your fucking stank her mother on the street, I'll kick her in a fucking cunt. Then, then he wonders why, like, wrestling fans grew up to be... Paul, Paul Heyman breaking out money. Paul Heyman breaking out
Paul Heyman's giving me the finger. Now she's leaving. It's almost done. It's like only two more clips. one now. Now sit down so I can tell you just what I really fucking think about you. Yeah, so, yeah, so now he goes back to the heel. See, I just thought that was an interesting, rare, rare clip that I fucking, I, I really thought was cool. I, I mean, cool in some way, like, you know, I mean, just kind of, because it seemed, because this wasn't like, uh, taken from like an actual video, like the the actual like video of uh, you know of a produced you know on the network or anything like that or an old ECW. It was from like the it was, like it was from the crowd actually. You know what I mean? It was like crowd footage. So I guess like it's never it's never really aired or something like that. Or maybe it did. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. But I mean, if 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 she just just if she's just sitting and down and she didn't want to get up while. I mean, listen, that's okay. You can go, that's kind of fucking shitty. You know what I mean? You're at a wrestling event. But unless she was, like, really disrespecting the fucking, like, guy, like, how that, you know, you know, in, in, uh, I think it was an ROH or another promotion where uh, somebody kind of, like, started booing during the Eddie Guerrero tribute, um, at, at, I think, at, at, a, at, a, at a fucking, uh, 
independent one of those independent organizations. I could have sworn it was ROH. It, it probably it's something else probably. But what they called people started cussing the fuck out of the one person. They kicked them out. Sometimes I wonder if like you know to get heel heat, they actually planned that shit out. You know what I mean? Because when Paul Heyman Paul Heyman gave her double the money back. That that may have been like her payoff for like, hey, we we need these guys to kind of get heat in the spirit of, you know, uh, of Rick Rude being the greatest fucking heel. Let's create like a fucking great moment. You know what I mean? I'm sure Bully Ray will deny and make it seem like it was all fucking unplanned, right? But again, this is the same guy that calls wrestling fans disrespectful. Yet, like this is like an example of some some of the organized shit that he did. Where, like, now fans, th- like, you know, you train fans to think that kind of way. And yet he gets mad at people who are voicing their opinions on uh, on, on social media because they don't like a fucking wrestler. And he goes he goes overboard with that shit, you know what I mean? So I just thought it was an interesting fucking clip. It was kind of cool to kind of, like, you know, see some, like, raw footage of ECW from a, from a, from a you know, a crowd type of deal. Because, again, like, you know, it captured... Like, you know, I mean, everyone was fucking just right into that kind of shit, you know. I think I've, uh, you know, talked about what I need to talk about, I think. Um, I'm going to go. Peace out. just wanted to kind of close out and just say that um, this is obviously, this is being done before revolution. So uh, I'm I'm just hoping that... uh, it's a good pay-per-view. I really hope it lives up to its hype. I hope it's not, uh, you know, way too long. I hope it doesn't drag. I hope every match delivers. I hope the announcement delivers. I know that's asking too much from a wrestling company, and we're fucking, you know, glutton for punishment from these wrestling promoters. I just hope that this pay-per-view is fucking amazing. I, I really do. I really hope that, you know, again, they, they did a really, really good job hyping this fucking pay-per-view up. I thought the go-home show was amazing. As I've stated before, I'm curious to see where the fuck it's going to go. I wonder if there's anything super big going to fucking happen that changes the wrestling world. You know, when you have a pay-per-view called Revolution, you're kind of hoping that maybe something big will fucking go down because we're in a crazy times where a lot of fucking cross-promotions happening. So, again, like, I really, really do hope that, you know, the guys tear it up. I hope Moxley and Kenny Omega fucking, you know, you know, I hope I hope they're taken care of when, you know, the damage is done cuz this is not going to be a fucking pretty pretty sight for a fucking for a match. Like and they've been they warned you f- uh, fair enough that it's not going to be for the weak at heart basically, you know what I mean? So, I I personally love uh the, what's happened. I'm just kind of, you know, again, you know, I'm I'm just guessing what the fuck is going to happen. I done my produ- I did my predictions uh uh, you know, uh, you know, uh, on the previous podcast, um, I've, you know, come, you know, again, you know, it's just, it's just fucking weird, you know, but we'll see what happens. All right. So game over. Should I end with the game over fucking sound effect? Who gives a shit? Or should I just go straight to the orchestra, orchestrate, orchestration, orchestral, is it orchestral? Orchestral tension? That's the one? Maybe I should fuck.